Good music comes from people who are relaxed. Just hit a button, Mark. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um. Oh, yeah. You gotta get Swifty. You gotta get Swifty in here. It's time to get Swifty. Get Swifty? What the hell is that? It's Red Shovel Network's best effort. That's what. Take off your pants and your panties. Shit on the floor. Time to get Swifty in here. I'm Ammo Elric. Don't analyze it, John. It's working. Take a shit on the floor. Time to get Swifty in here. You ass interrogator, you're right out of my face. It's gone. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? Now, I know that little ditty didn't sound like very much. Just a little get swifty, but it did save the earth. So, you know, there's no accounting for taste, but I think... This week's guest would have a complaint about it because it's all drum machine, which is, is anathema to him. I'm referring, of course, to Ben Blackwell, East Side Rock God. He was back with vinyl before the rest of us, impresario at Third Man Records, and all about Man About Town here in Detroit and also in Nashville. So he's, uh, he's a dude who's got a lot of stories, and we're going to get to those in just a minute. But first, I wanted to introduce... The, uh, the folks you've come to know and feel so much contempt for over these, these many, many long days. That's Mark Fellhauer, our producer and co-pilot. First, I wanted to introduce... Oh, hey. and, uh, oh you get to listen to yourself again. Sean, a little mix minus, beautiful. What's and Sean Windsor on? of the Detroit Free Press. You get to hear Mike twice. <laughs> just the way he likes it. It's like oh. refried beans. It just, uh, it's more gas. And behind the scenes, Joe is somehow making this come together. And we'll be joined shortly by a man you may have seen on the highway honking at you for driving like shit. Uh, the funniest trucker that we could find. It was not an exhaustive search, I have to confess. Mr. Matt Jennings, who will join us later with This Week in Soft History. But the reason we're here, the reason we're able to come back to you every week is because of our sponsors. And first and foremost is Royal Brian Ford. I was just there after the show last week. Thank goodness I got some new tires. Got a $70 rebate on those, so that was pretty cool. Oh, thank God you're good. Yeah, because with this uh, with this weather, man, you do not want to mess around. Rubber is the most important thing between you and the road. And if you're looking for a new ride, service repairs, or even just a top-notch oil change, Royal Brian Ford. Where should Brian I go? Royal Brian? All right. Th- that is the place to go, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for following the show so closely. Uh, you probably know that my mom bought a Ford Focus wagon there. She's still driving it. We're up to about 112,000 miles and she's still very satisfied with that purchase. And she's not alone. Rory O'Brien has been taking care of customers for nearly 75 years from the corner of Nine Mile and Mac in St. Clair Shores. Why don't you get on that right track? Uh, or just visit Roy O'Brien Ford. That's uh, royobrien.com. That's online presence, R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. And check out Fast Track, which lets you choose your vehicle and options. And that's not all. You can pick your deal, lease, finance, or cash. And get the value of your trade-in. Apply for financing and schedule delivery for your ride. If you go in person, 
They're very serious about protecting you and their employees. Social distancing is enforced. Masks are enforced. Lots of sanitizer. And uh, and if that doesn't make you feel safe enough, you can get in the seat of a F-150 and just drive over. Are you ad-libbing? <laughs> That's when we're in danger. Some of this is stream of consciousness, Sean. Okay. This is, this is from the heart. All okay. But we want to, you know, promote the... The fine dealership. Now, now that I got those new Continentals, I mean, and, and that's the other thing about these tires. I picked the tires and I called them and said, can you get me these tires? And they said, yes, we can. And they, they were what just, service? just as cheap as I found them on Tire Rack, except they installed them too. So it was a real bargain. So, so anyways. That, what is this an ad for? Tire Rack? Enough Royal of this, Yaz. Get to royalbryan.com, go there in person, or call 888-566-5851 and be sure to tell them. That despite Sean's interruptions, ML's mom's <laughs> son told you to go see them and talk. So to is them that like the fourth the person you're speaking in there? I, I don't. I don't want to lower myself to your level on this, sir. Roar Brian Ford, sweet <laughs> as hell. That's how it works. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Lovely strategy. A, a, uh, Hook the listeners with all this great content, and then uh, and then go to the sponsors. Yeah. Wait, uh, nice. Sean, couldn't you be stuck in traffic a little longer? <laughs> making such wonderful progress here. Uh, I also have to give you a quick plug since I'm wearing my sweet beanie. Uh, our uh, our swag is is available at the JewandMikeStore.com. It ships in time for Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, um, several other holidays for non-believers, and it's always there in time for the atheist holidays. So you can believe in nothing, but you can believe in that. Right? Does that make sense? Sure. sure. I wasn't listening. Total Sorry. sense. It's on the note you sent me. Let's get to Ben. Right after when it says, take me. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, ben had a flat tire, so he knows the frustration that many of our guests know, except he had it before he got on the show. Uh, but he's, he's back on the road and joining us now from, I'm understanding, cold and miserable Nashville. That, that's, that's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad everybody's dealing with this dog shit today. Was that my intro? That's dog shit today? Yeah. Nice to be here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said this was your second rodeo, so we figured we figured you would get you out of the shoot right away and see if you could hang on. What not there a personal history here between you two? What's the personal? Yeah, can you imagine walking into to a, a respectable college class and this guy is your teacher? That's, that's where the, the relationship starts. He wants everybody to suffer. That's all I know. Yeah. So I met Ben in my first semester teaching journalism at Wayne State University. And that was your first semester? Oh, you, you couldn't that. tell? <laughs> that was, that's when I walked in as a fairly young dude and thought, you know, when all these chicks in the class see this young professor, they're going to say, hey, you look like you could be a student. And I looked into their faces and all I saw was a bunch of women saying, I wish this old guy would stop talking. It was very, very crushing. But luckily, there were some bright young students in there, like Mr. Blackwell. Take it easy, Lessonberry. Take yeah. it easy. And by the way, that was some that was some alumni of my class that took Jack Lessonberry to the ground. See? Took See? that piece of shit to the curb. Threw him I in just, the back I of remember, the compactor. I remember once I ran into you on election day at the uh, Finney polling place. I think this was after uh, after I'd been in your class. I think this was maybe 04. And uh, I asked you how things were going or blah, 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 whatever. I, th I think Kwame was up for election uh, whenever his first re-election was. Yeah, 05. Yeah. Okay, so 05. And so I asked you, uh, you know, what you thought. And you said, well, you know, I might not like what he does, but it's definitely good for business. So um, <laughs> so you were, you were kind of like saying, yeah, I'd, li I'd like this guy to be around. 
Yes, um, I, I, but I, I believe there's you, always. What do, about, what do you think about Jack Lessonberry? Just kind of left an uh, open ended question. You're like, ah, oh, man, that guy's. Guys, got to watch it with the ladies. <laughs> yeah, like, you're right. You're right. right. But it seems like seems like people know. <laughs> yeah, and for those of you who don't know Jack, uh, God bless you because he was he was a liberal lion, a a really um, sort of respected voice of the left, and and a uh, I think a very valuable sort of balloon popper at the Metro Times who would uh, gore every ox that he came in contact yeah. with. The, the only problem is he was also one of the biggest hypocrites in the world, one of the biggest creepers in the world, and one of the biggest douchebags in the world. And, and fortunately, some students who had had enough of it, uh, when they saw the Harvey Weinstein thing come out, said, you know what, we know a local Harvey Weinstein, and we're going to take him to the ground, and they did. And you can see those stories at DeadlineDetroit.com, some of the best journalism uh, produced in Detroit that year, and uh, and then Wayne State investigated and found out he was even worse than anybody thought. So that oh. there's there's justice for you. Oh uh, yes, you know all things Detroit. Back to Ben. But yeah, so so <laughs> so Ben's in the class, and this does this does come back to rock and roll. And Wayne State had a policy at the time that said you can't pass this class if you miss more than two sessions. And Ben said, "Well, is there any way uh, I can miss a couple months of class?" And I'm like. You know, reading comprehension is not part of the, yeah, reading comprehension is not part of the grade, but in the clear, in the yearbook, in the syllabus, it clearly says you can't miss more than two classes. You better have a great excuse. And he said, I'm going to tour Australia with my band. And I said, that's a pretty good excuse. So I think, I think you end up getting an A in that class. That was a pretty good. I think I I got A's in all of my journalism classes. It was gen ed. That was like, I didn't. I really didn't care about geology. I really didn't care about UGE. <laughs> but I geology's rock, UGE. right? You're a rock guy. Oh, jeez. That's weird. I don't remember. I feel like I missed the first day of class because I was in Memphis. We had a show in Memphis that week. And then I showed up, you know, so I came to the second one. And the main thing I learned from your class was how to spell uh, Mickey Shore. Uh, because the way that I think, I don't know if this is across the journalism department or just you or only a couple of people, but if you had a factual error in a report, you, you automatically failed and you were public affairs reporting and you, the first report that we did was you got the police report from the M&M ICP altercation in a Mickey shore parking lot. And we had to using that, police report we had to write a news story and the problem was whoever the police officer was spelled mickey shore s-h-o-r-e and i think everyone in the class except for one person um just reprinted that without double checking to see that shore is actually spelled s-h-o-r-r um but you were able to rewrite a piece and make corrections for one letter grade drop down i believe um so you actually did learn something in his class because you you've written pieces besides being a drummer and you know um, I, I guess can we what, what would you call you a record label magnet can we call you that a, a executive, executive you know okay that's, that's fine I'm into that <laughs> um, but yeah no it was it was interesting because that was uh, that was one of the reports and then there was another um, God one of the other things we did was uh, was that it was like an Eminem and Kim Mathers uh, domestic disturbance police report that we had to write uh an article on it was all detroit hip-hop related hmm. um 
It was the only class that I ever had at Wayne where the teacher mentioned juggalos. Uh, <laughs> That's probably so good that, though. It probably made the class interested in what they were writing about as opposed to some of the uh, other stories that you could have written about that might be important and boring. Well, and one of your classmates went on to be the uh, publicist for ICP uh, many years later. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> He's since lost his job, but uh, still has a lot of empty <laughs> Fago bottles in his garage. Hey, we put out a we put out an ICP record at Third Man. We we uh, nothing but respect for those guys. Like one hundred percent. When you think about someone that has entirely created created their own subculture. Now you can talk about, you know, hippie jam bands and all this stuff. They have subcultures and people are, are very, very much enmeshed in them. But Juggalos did not exist before ICP. And the fact that it's on the FBI radar for being an organized gang, um, man, that's, that is impressive. They, they DIY all their own shit. Um, I, I'm, I'm, impressed by those guys gotta say yeah they Just are gotta. they are incredibly unique and i would say jack and the white stripes when they launched maybe a little bit of a throwback but still very unique in, in the formation of what they did um but do you would you agree with that do you, do you think that they were groundbreaking and unique the the, the well, jack, asking about the white the stripes, stripes the, yeah. the white stripes yeah, I, I, unique, definitely. I'd never, I was unaware of, you know, before them, I had never really been exposed to a, a two-piece band. Uh, you know, I, I just built into my head was where's the bass player first yeah. off. I was like, no, you don't need a bass player. You can, a band can be whatever you want. That just for me, at, you know, teenage years, that was, that was something new and, and kind of eye-opening for well, me what i always wondered about them though is i feel like they never got much airplay in their hometown do, do you feel like they got enough airplay from the rock stations in detroit when they were breaking out no i don't think I, not i mean they got I, I think they got the bare minimum a band of their prominence could could expect yeah I, that's and I, I still don't understand like Radio, radio promotion, payola, all that shit. It never, it doesn't make any sense to me. Whenever we're working on a project and you're talking about radio and how, how songs get played, it just seems like we're still doing this shit. People are still acting this way. And, and you know like, what, Ben? And most of it is total bullshit. Every year we had to sign the payola thing and it, and it was, it was ludicrous. And there was, there was one incident that I can remember. I won't name the person who, who had a little bit of payola, but it wasn't related to music. It was name up. Name them. <laughs> it was related to some other project they had, but like the dirt bombs. I mean, did you guys have trouble getting airplay uh, here? Like, how, do, how does that work from inside the band? Because back oh, then, absolutely. back then you needed radio. You don't need that now. Absolutely. We never got any radio airplay. If, if we got any airplay in Detroit, it was from WDET and probably on their overnight <laughs> programs. Um, Liz we, were, we were never on a, we were never on a big label and that's prob that's the large thing. We didn't have a radio department. Um, the White Stripes or, or bands like the Bombondis or whatever were, who were on bigger labels had those kind of uh, those luxuries. Mm. But even then, it's, uh, yeah, it just seems, I don't really understand it. I don't, you know. Well, I know. It's funny because, because this comes in light of uh, 89X changing formats yep. last week. Uh, and what's the 98.7 is now kind of a throwback rock and roll station. It, it, is that right? It's called alternative. And as a fan of alternative rock and rock music and classic rock, 
I I wouldn't describe it that way. I would call it more pop alternative, if that makes sense. But in the in the 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 first name listed in the kind of artist that they said they were going to play was the White Stripes, which was kind of funny that it took twenty years for <laughs> for anyone to, in town to really be claiming that. Yeah, I, I, I never got that because Riff, we would play Kid Rock. You know, right out of the gate, Kid Rock was a staple at Riff. Eminem was a staple at you know nine five five or nine six three. And it's like, how did the White Stripes build from nothing here, like zero support here to what, you know, Jack has made it now and and his solo career incredibly successful. It just has always boggled my mind. I never got it. Yeah. I I mean, the White Stripes label at the time was a label called V2, which was kind of a smaller major label. And I assume they didn't they didn't have tons of promotional budget to, to throw at that stuff. Um. They, they did all right, but they still had to do their, you know, the K-Rock weenie roasts mm-hmm. and the, um, you know, the um, not so silent Christmas and all, all that stuff. They did that, those things. Um, but as to what, you know, they got back out of it, I don't. It, and now it just, 20, now 20, hard to, hard to, hard to parse. And now it's been own. damn near 30 years and you guys are putting out a greatest hits album, yeah. correct? For just in time for Christmas. How amazing. Exactly. What can yeah. you, what can you tell us about that? Like, why now too? Why why greatest hits album for the White Stripes? It was it's kind of been like batted around here at Third Man for a little while. Like, let's think about this. Like, let's think about you know the idea of a White Stripes greatest hits um, and see if uh, what we think about it. You know, the, the different people involved. And I, I one of the things that kind of got me on it was. A few years back, Pitchfork, uh, yeah. <laughs> Pitchfork.com did a list of those top whatever albums of uh, the 2000s, the yeah. 2000, 2010 decade. And uh, I, I get excited to read lists. I think everyone loves to read lists and then bitch about them. No of one course. ever says, yep, yeah, they got it right. Perfect. 100%. Yeah. Even the people that work at those places. Especially Pitchfork. <laughs> yeah. But I was excited to see where the White Stripes land on this. And so I believe on that list was... Um, uh, Elephant was the White Stripes' highest-rated record, and then a little bit behind that was White Blood Cells, and then I think Distill was also on there. Um, which I was like, okay, you know, I thought they should be higher, but whatever. <laughs> and then um, The Strokes, their album "Is This It" was particularly high, within the top ten somewhere. And I thought, oh wow, that's pretty great for The Strokes. They have, if you've never heard of them. And you ask someone, hey, what Strokes album should I get? Everyone in the world will tell you, is this it? It is yeah. undeniable. That is the, the go-to Strokes album. Now, the, that's great for that album and somewhat helpful for the band, I guess. If you like that, you can explore more. But for the White Stripes, there was no definitive, oh, this is the one yep. album you have to get. You have to get Dish Deal. You have to get White Blood Cells. You have to get Elephant. There's really, really divided amongst fans of what they loved and i think that is uh that was kind of informed me of why i said why i eventually was like yeah i think we should do a greatest hits and this is why we don't have that go to you know white stripes lp so let's make it you know so when you do an lp now um and i guess that term for a while was obsolete, but now it's kind of come back in. Do you do a CD? Do you do vinyl? Is it a digital download? Is it just something that, you know, you throw up on Spotify or on some platform where 
they make all the money and you guys get a few, a few euros. Uh, so we are, I always think in terms of vinyl first, that's, that's been my, uh, mindset for, for releasing music for 20 plus years. The vinyl is, is the actual release and then everything else comes after. So yeah, there are, uh, you can digitally download it. You can stream it on all the platforms. Uh, and there'll be a CD as well. Um, we occasionally do cassettes. Um, oh, I forgot about cassette. Eight tracks are out, right? Leduff <laughs> is screwed on this one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've, We've not done any eight tracks. Where is LaDuff? What's he up to? He's doing a podcast with us. Every everyone's uh, doing a podcast I with know. you guys. Yeah. Man, you're I just know. giving them away. Ben, Actually, I never, I never leave this basement. Is there a TV podcast? <laughs> if if you want to know where LaDuff is, I think I can track him by his tether. Let me see if that's showing up on my GPS. I, He's actually two blocks away right now. I oh shit! I hope he didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get is Ben is vinyl yeah. is vinyl really that much better in the sound in your mind? I, I personally, my ears are a, a little shot. <laughs> I mean, okay. if, if, if everything's quiet and there's no uh, hum in the room from appliances or whatever, I have a high high pitch ringing I, in my I, ears. Me from too. Being next to uh, Mick Collins guitar amplifier <laughs> on stage for ten years, um, I prefer it and. I care about it. And so that informs when, when I'm involved making it, I can be that much more dedicated and involved and knowledgeable. I don't really understand digital, like the the idea of digital files, ones and zeros and different sample rates and high quality, high def, all that stuff. We do it. We make sure it's out there for people who do care about that. But my expertise and my passion lies in vinyl. So um, if, if people think it sounds better, awesome. I, I, I probably, I, there's probably a certain point where I wouldn't be able to tell the difference to be perfectly honest, but, but I like vinyl. That's, that's my, 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 my only beef with vinyl is that I got to get up and turn it over, but I, I always, grandpa uh, over here. I know Well, it's, <laughs> it's getting harder every year now. Um, grading all those papers from Australia, by the way, I also let you get away with spelling everything with an O for color and favor and all that other stuff. So there was, we, there were more exceptions made for the rock God than anybody really should have do you, gotten. Do you, did you save any papers? Do you, would you have any writing or you throw all that shit out? No, I would save some things from semester to semester. If there were some things that were worth sharing with future classes, if it was something that I really liked, or if I read it and, uh, and it, put a smile on my face if we're building up to did i save your paper the answer is yes the truth is probably not but i don't know but i don't know i'd have to check but uh, no i people who did really good jobs i think you know peer peer learning is the best way to do it when you see what one of your classmates did that was really well i think people say oh shit if if this joker on the other side of the room could do that then then maybe i can i think it i think it inspires people but one one thing that I really liked uh, to to go back to the legendary Jack Lessonberry oh. was that <laughs> the the day one assignment in that class was to write a bio biographical story that was feature writing class and it was you had to write a uh, a feature on him on Jack Lessonberry so he's this renowned journalist he's won local Emmy awards uh, blah 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 all that shit and so the the day that day in class was just like a press conference Every, everyone could ask him questions everyone's taking notes. And then you had to find someone else uh, that you could interview and speak to about him and get quotes about him. And so whatever, the next day or next two days later, whatever, everyone gets their papers, read them out loud in class, whatever. And, uh, you know, he has little comments here and there, whatever. And after everything's done, he says, 
Um, I got to tell you, the best grade I ever gave in this class on, on this assignment, this is my assignment every year, was someone did the interview in class and then they went out and they found someone to interview that absolutely hated me, that had nothing but bad things to say about me. And uh, he said, I have respect for that. As a journalist, I gave him an A+. Actually, that they, that wasn't worth an A+. It's not hard to find people like that. All you had to do was walk outside or, or speak to his former students. But, but you um, got to think. But you got to think about it. Being in a college class, how how likely would you? I, I do remember on my paper uh, talking about him. I described his appearance as wearing a tired gray suit. Um, <laughs> it was kind of like ill fitting, you know. And yeah. I could see when it was, you know, one of the classmates read it out loud. That's the the way they would do it in that class. Is your classmate would have to read it, and if they can't read it, it kind of means that you did a poor job writing it. But when they got to that line, I could, I looked at his face specifically to see what his reaction was. And I could see him kind of like, fuck you say. Yeah. Uh, No, he was, he was one of those dudes whose elbows patches had elbow patches on him. I mean, he was a tired. Why are we we still talking? I'm sorry. I even brought it up. Is is he, is he just like crawling under a rock? What happened? Well, unlike vinyl, he's not coming back. He's uh, they, they, they put a wooden stake through that through that uh golem but um but what i really liked about vinyl was the art i love the cover art i love the liner notes i love reading you know lyrics if they had them but seeing who produced it who the engineer was who sat in on it i mean there was so much information on there that's certainly lost on anything i'm looking on my phone it's fun too and i know ben you did the the crossword puzzle to announce the i think the track (laughs) listing for the white stripes greatest hits which i mean that's missing now in music in general i think it's so it's so weird that crossword puzzle was just I, I don't I can't remember someone on our team came up with the idea and said we could do a crossword puzzle and I'm like oh I'll I'll <laughs> you know I know there's crossword generating websites I'll go there I'll spend like an hour putting this together and whatever no big deal two days and later the amount of mileage and coverage and interviews like Brian McCollum at the Free Press called up he's like hey I want to I want to get uh, an interview with you about this uh about this crossword i'm like this is i i i feel like an imposter because i i do not care for crosswords at all everyone else in my family my mom's side of the family every sunday new york times crossword puzzle super fans they have the dictionaries all that stuff i feel like this imposter like i'm sorry i'm the one who wrote the crossword puzzle guys but i knew the subject matter oh it's fine well it worked i mean it got that got it out there um, yeah, yeah. so with, with third man, I mean, are, is it active in like going out and finding new artists? Cause I feel, feel like the guitar driven rock music, probably cause the technology is just fading away when you look at the charts. Um, are you guys actively going out there to find new bands to sign? How old are you, Fellhauer? 44. 44. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would have thought you were much older based on your appearance and the the high, high praise <laughs> well, um, it's these hours it's your tired gray suit mark <laughs> exactly yeah pretty much <laughs> he's got a tired um, gray t-shirt I available act, at jewelmikestore.com i look like an old man i act like a child <laughs> well you know think about it this way um when i was uh maybe six or seven years old the 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 big hit song uh was vanilla ice 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 baby sure samples and yeah. i and I would have listened to that song on 96.3 and, and the, the cassette single probably like five, six times a day in Detroit a row, Avenue. whatever. <laughs> and uh, what, that, that in and of that time, that had no larger ramifications. That was just me in my own stupid East Side basement. 
But now with streaming, every time some stupid six-year-old oh. kid streams a song, it counts for a chart. It counts for these quantifiable numbers that have large, huge impact across the world. Um, and so think of the kind of music that six-year-olds and seven-year-olds listen to sure. um, on repeat. And think of think of the kind of music that refined, uh, you know, people like myself, NPR listeners to. I want to listen to tons of different things. I want to listen to everything. I don't have time to listen to anything six times. And so that affects what charts, how much spins, or how many plays things have on Spotify. Um, so when you see this this kind of advantage or this leaning of of pop and hip hop uh, tracks, it's I think it's based on that okay. um speaking to guitar bands you know we just looking for bands that we like bands that we can get excited about um that's that's you know you want if something excites me it makes it that much easier for me to work on it and it makes it that much easier for me to excite other people about it so, so ben before third man records there was cast records and and i want you to just talk a little bit about about you know how what the hell were you thinking? Because nobody was talking about vinyl then. And now cast now third man. Now you have a record pressing plant in the heart of Detroit. I mean, talk to us a little bit about that evolution and how people can experience that themselves. Uh, maybe that's changed because of the pandemic, but if you've never seen this plant at third man on cast, uh, it's, uh, it's worth the trip and all the stuff you see and field uh, in the cast court, in the cast quarter. Right. And Ben, Ben is going to go crazy. Take if you call it Q midtown, <laughs> don't, don't call it midtown. It's a cast corridor, but, yeah, you um, just failed that project, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool stuff from the minute you walk through the front door till you get to the back of that pressing plant. So j just talk to us a little bit about that evolution from cast to third man and, and how you went from being, this guy was like, that kid's wasting his time to, hey, I'm the shit. I was wasting my time, 100%. <laughs> no one was wrong in having that thought. I, <laughs> least of all me, I never thought anything would come of it. So I, I do have to give credit, though. Um, before cast, there was a label called Italy Records um, run by a, name, a guy named Dave Buick. And he put out the first two White Stripes singles. And he just have a, has a house over uh, in Woodbridge and just decided to start putting out records. That's what he wanted to do. And when the white stripes put out those records with him, I became uh, acquainted with Dave and immediately just fell in love with the idea of a vinyl record label of running it from your house of focusing on 45s. I was 15 when I met him and it took probably like two years of bugging Dave of like, let me work for you. Let me do anything. Like I'll, I'll go get coffee or I'll, I'll fill out the mail orders, whatever, fold singles. I just want to be involved. And so finally, like after two years, he was like, okay, here's a, here's a list of all the distributors I deal with. I haven't called them in a while, but if you could call them up and see what records they need, he had probably about 10 titles at that time. I'd say, okay, I'll call them up. This is my senior year of high school. Um, I've got my like spiral bound notebook that has like my English, you know, notes from earlier in the day in it as well. And I call up these distributors and start taking orders. And I go back to him. I was like, okay, we've got $5,000 worth of orders. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, they all wanted, you know, they wanted three grand. This guy wanted 1500 and this one of this. And he's like, wow. Okay. He just, he liked the idea of having a label, but he, he wasn't terribly concerned with running it. And, uh, so I got to be really, really involved with that. 
And after about two years or so of doing that, he wasn't really doing anything with the label. And, and I could tell that he wasn't wanting to like hand it over to me for like me to run his label. It's all his money. There wasn't like a, uh, an LLC set up. It was just whatever money was in his bank account that would be used to press records. Um, very, very low budget DIY. And so I thought, man, I would, in the back of my mind, I want to start doing my own thing. And I had friends that were recording music that I liked that wasn't being released. Um, and just fortunately enough, my mom, uh, came to me and she said, uh, Hey, uh, family friend, Brian Muldoon, um, said Brian Muldoon said, you're just so smart and you know how about record labels and music and bands and the scene and all that stuff. And he said, someone should just give you money to run a record. label." I was like, <laughs> yeah, he's right. Someone should give me money to run a record. Label. Yeah. What's with Muldoon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my mom said, well, I'm refinancing the house and, uh, I feel bad because I paid for your brother and sister to go to college and you got a full ride to Wayne and I haven't had to pay anything. So can, can you do anything with $10,000? I can do a lot with $10,000. So she, she just gave me that money. No strings attached. No points. She didn't get equity. I I mean, equity in what? There's (laughs) nothing to, there's nothing to own. Okay. that was basically, I mean, in hindsight, I'm joking, but yeah, ten thousand dollars she paid was more valuable than the free ride I got at Wayne because everything I learned off of that ten thousand dollars of dealing with pressing plants, of how to master a vinyl record, of distributors, of shipping, all that stuff. That's what I use in my everyday. That ten thousand dollars, you know, making cast records a reality was my college education. And, um, and now you have this career where you get to do you know, what you love and in the, in the work. And it's probably, well, we know it's taken you, I assume all over the world and you probably got to meet a lot of people. Is there uh is there, I don't know. I like asking this question. Have you ever met a president with these travels, a sitting president? No, I met a Roman Senator before. Oh, that I doesn't think. Count. No, Roman mayor is a mayor. No, not Roman mayor. It was an Italian mayor, which is like a Senator over there. I think. Um, um, how about a beetle? Have you met a beetle? No, we're putting out the new Paul that, McCartney solo record. That's kind of where in the cast corridor right now. That's where I was going, but you haven't met him yet. I haven't met him. No, I've, I've, I've met, uh, Danny Harrison, George Harrison's okay. son is a friend. And I met, uh, George Harrison's widow, Olivia, um, who's yeah. come here and she had the great line because I had a, a, a three-year-old daughter at the time and we were talking about kids and she said, uh, this quote from George which she said, someone asked him, Oh, have you ever heard of the terrible twos? <laughs> and George said, I haven't heard of the terrible twos, but I've heard of the fucking horrible threes. <laughs> That's very true. That's very, very true. Um, a Rolling Stone. Have you met a Rolling Stone? Uh, I met Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger came here to third man. And uh, what was he doing? He was just hanging out. He was checking out studios in Nashville and he ended up coming by here. And he came by twice in one day. And later, uh, when he came by later, uh, we had a band playing this band called Death From Above, 1979. Really, really loud two-piece Canadian band. And he walked into our performance space. He didn't even get in. He opened the door and he turned around and said, it's too loud. I can't go out there. Well, he's an old man. 
and I turned around and I, I, I'm maybe like five, 10 feet away from him. And I hear him say that, whatever. And, and I turn to like employees, like five, 10 feet from me. And this is the only time I've legitimately yelled in the office. And I just yelled, find me some fucking earplugs now. <laughs> like I realized the fact of, of Mick Jagger seeing this show, which we are recording and releasing. Um, need, it just needs to happen. Um, and then we went bowling afterwards and he, he was not a very good bowler at the garden bowl. No, this is down in, in Nashville. Yeah. Oh, Nashville. Oh, oh, so you're talking about third man in Nashville. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm fixated on third. Now my daughters toured that facility and, and had a crush on you after you showed them around. <laughs> uh, she's still single, but, uh, stay away. <laughs> um, but, uh, third man on Canfield has a yes. pressing facility too, which people can go check out and you can even cut yeah. your own, your own 45 there in the booth. Mick didn't, yeah. didn't lay down some tracks there for four bucks or whatever it is to put in a machine. <laughs> I'm trying to think Oh, in that booth. We had, uh, I think, uh, Huey Lewis was in that one there. Oh, wow. And then some other, some other people, you're uh, not bragging about that, right? You're just noting it for historical purposes. No, I'm just, no, Huey Lewis, he did, uh, amazing harmonica player. He okay. did like some yeah, don't cool, knock Huey Lewis. old style, old style blues harmonica in there. Which that that booth, the microphone in that booth is perfect for um, recording harmonica. Um, but yeah, you can go in there and you can watch vinyl records being pressed um, ten feet away from you. Which that's a, a big allure to me. When I first, the first place I ever saw records being made was actually um, on that Australia tour that I skipped your class to uh, <laughs> go to. It was an excused um, absence, technically. Was excused absence. That was good. Um, I had other teachers that uh, every teacher, by the way, you weren't the only cool one. I was so <laughs> worried about saying I was going to skip class. I was going to miss classes for going on tour. And every teacher was like, go, whatever. Who can, this is journalism. Who cares? Just go. I was yeah, say that. Can, can I drive the van? I have experience driving on the other <laughs> side of the road from my time in Ireland. So I, I should have, I should have suggested that well it's not very rock star <laughs> of you to ask either ben you should have just done it and uh, i don't know broke well, something I on the was, way out. i was really i was he's a good really catholic school boy i was really cognizant of having a full ride yeah. i mean that that wasn't if i didn't have that i wouldn't have been i wouldn't have been going to school i wouldn't have been paying for it so, i didn't think that that was i didn't think i was going to be a rock star i also didn't think i was going to be a journalist <laughs> i had no idea what exactly was was going to happen. I, I, I think of this quote, I think it was from Jim Jarmusch, where he talks about, you know, New York in the early 80s, that it was so, um, there was kind of no consequence that you could try anything. And once you found a little bit of success, you could go in there. So you could be in bands and you could write poetry and you could shoot movies. And, and for Jarmusch, it was like, wow, I'm actually pretty good at this movie thing. Let me do more of that. That's what it felt like for me when I was, you know, 20 years old in Detroit, like I could play in a band, I could work this record label, I could work at the record store, I could write for the Metro Times, all this stuff. And that's how you find your path. You know, I, I was very fortunate to be in a position where I wasn't, uh, you know, th some huge hammering debt on me or something like that, you know? So, you know, you do tours with the Dirt Bombs and, and you toured with the White Stripes. I, I, is roadie the appropriate term? I mean, do you like that term? I, I don't begrudge it. Okay. Was there a moment? I, I um, carried a lot of shit. My, my lot of lower shit. back feels like it earned the term. Yeah. <laughs> um, was there a moment that it, it like the bell went yeah. off for either you or Jack or Meg that, Oh my God, we're, we're making it. I mean, was it, was it like a movie moment or was it just very gradual? It, it, 
to me, it still seems like those moments keep happening. Like it would just be like, wow, this, they asked us to play in Milwaukee. We don't even know anyone in Milwaukee. <laughs> They're offering us whatever, 200 bucks to play there. And it's, it's me and Jack and Meg and driving there in a Ford Taurus. Like we're all crammed into my car. Um, but then it just kind of keeps on going, you know? Um, wow. They're, they're, we're putting out a second album or we're going on tour or, or this band asked us to open for them. It was just like incrementally. I do remember that after, after they had played um, the late, was it the late, late show with Craig Kilborn, which was their first national television appearance. I remember Jack saying, oh, it's, well, it's never going to get bigger than this. Like, this is clearly as far as it's going to go. And then they end up closing yeah, where's out. Where's Craig Kilborn now? Well, they, they end up closing out um, Late Night with Conan, which is one of my number one shows of all time. The old the old one on NBC. They closed it out that whole week. And yeah. Became well, not guy. the whole week. They just played. They, they Previously, they had done a whole week on Conan when okay. Elephant came out. But they did the last episode. This was early, uh, was it January 09? Um, but I was there when it happened. It was pretty nice to be there and witness all of that. And now they're uh, now they're best friends, kind of, right? <laughs> well, Jack's yeah, done some- they've been pre- been friends for a while. He he had done a show in Detroit early on, and after his show, he or they did shot a remote. I think they shot something at the Greenfield Village. Yeah. Yes. And, and afterwards, he went to the Garden Bowl to hang out, and he just happened to be next to Jack and Meg. This is probably like ninety eight or whatever, and they met. Uh, and so then years later when they get, you know, popular, they're like, Hey, we met before. I don't know if you remember. Um, and yeah, good friends. Uh, great, great guy. He, he, he did, uh, a couple records with us and unknowingly walked into my office one day and just sat, sat here trying to escape and just talk for 20 minutes. Oh, that's it, cool. That's good. Enough. Super, super nice. It's- super, super. Um, gracious guy. It's good to know that he he's a good guy. It's funny because doing this, you always have this like list of people you'd always want to talk to. And believe it or not, he's he's up there on my list. As is Jack. Uh, there's a whole there's a whole list of them. So it's it's nice to know that these people. I'm sorry for hogging all the time, ML. You can talk now. What? No, <laughs> no he's he's not listening. We're not talking about Depeche Mode. No, no, no I, I just hey. They, they don't have a drummer. I, I Ben, I could talk to you about music and Third Man really? and, uh, all day long. <laughs> All day long, as I, as I have the last hour. And uh, I would do want to mention you guys put out the Stooges, um, the um, Goose Lake, live at Goose Lake, which was something that was really impossible to find. And I'm just, I'm glad that Third Man exists to keep doing stuff like that and find more stuff like that. So that's the fun stuff. That's the, the stuff where, like I said, you get to work on things that, that you love and, and you're excited about. Um, I have, I'm not exaggerating, I have talked more about the Stooges Goose Lake record than I've talked about any other record in history. More than any Beatles record or records that I've played on. I think I did like 24, 25 interviews about that record and and just loved it. Like love talking about it and 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 getting excited and the history behind it and the lore. And, and framing that for everyone, it's, it's 100% like, this is why you do this to have, to, to have this level of, of engagement and excitement. But third man, isn't just a flight of fancy, right? I mean, you guys are a business. You're, you're trying to make money. How how are you guys? Yeah. How are you guys doing with, with this pandemic, with this economy, with everything? I mean, you got retail stores, which have got to be 
struggling. I mean, is Third Man going to be around for longer than Buick Records or whatever the hell that dude was was pushing out? Italy of his, Records. Well, for the record, Dave Buick, who ran Italy Records, is now employed by Third Man. Oh, is he? Uh, Cast corridor. So yeah, he's still doing. He's still doing the same thing. He's just doing it for us now. I was just you know I just, He wasn't doing shit before. I hope you got him working now. <laughs> Sounds like somebody need a light a fire to that young man. Put out the first two White Stripes records. He could retire on that. Oh, I did mean, he? the idea of that, not oh, the, okay. the financial of it, was nothing. But um, uh, yeah. So we had to sh- we had to shut down the plant um for however long stuff was shut down in Michigan. Mm-hmm. They uh, whenever they opened up auto plants we were able to open up i think we were covered under that same uh whatever essential manufacturing yeah Yeah. so i think it was what maybe six six or eight weeks we were closed um and then storefronts uh a a different detroit and nashville we had different kind of when they were closed and how they opened back up they're both open now um but yeah all all things considered we we definitely lost a uh, we saw a decrease in our sales going through distribution so going to distributors who would sell to physical stores but we definitely saw an uptick in our direct to customer sales so you go to thirdmanrecords.com and you buy a record um most people took their twelve hundred dollar government check and uh they, they blew it on shit that they wanted just to to stay sane and to to get that little bit of uh joy in life i know i did yeah um and so we we saw um kind of kind of pretty much evened out like year over year so we, we didn't really uh we didn't really lose any ground that's great well as we get to the holidays we're, and we're going to talk in a, in a minute about some local retailers we encourage you to support and that would include third man records over on the storefront on great. canfield and actually that's a place where when people come in from out of town they want to cool stuff yep see st- cool stuff just just take them through um but uh how do people how do people uh, give you guys some money? How do they do some some commerce with you before the holidays and beyond? Well, they can go to the storefront, to like you said, but they can go to thirdmanrecords.com and we've got uh, we got tons of stuff. You know, um, it's not just records. It's not just uh, it's not just music to listen to. It's apparel. We've got snow globes. We've got um, you know beginner guitars for kids, um, guitar pedals for for advanced. If you're if you're you know. At yeah. that record level. players, you know, all kinds of doodads, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all kinds of hardware, forty-five inserts. <laughs> well, it, inserts? shoe inserts, <laughs> gel insoles—is that what's your? No, forty-five inserts for your. Oh yeah, forty-five, yeah. forty-five adapters like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm so. always. I've got one in my pocket or in my hand at all times. It's just a nervous tick, I guess. And Drew wants to, Drew just texted me. He wants to know when is the McCartney three vinyl coming out that third man is pressing. It's coming out on the 18th of December and it's probably, uh, you could probably see it being pressed right now at the, at the cast pressing plant. Oh, I'll tell him how, how, how many, uh, how many times a day Drew text you? Well, I see him, you know, about 10 hours the day. So, and then when he's not, when I don't he's, see him, I get, he's texting you when you're right next to him exactly. the whole time. Yeah. That's how we communicate. Isn't that how all the kids communicate? And that's the cast pressing plant on Canfield. <laughs> Just so we, right. we get that. Hey, Fel Howard, did you used to work with Joey Marasso? Yeah, we still do. He, he does our merch. Yeah. He does merch. Absolutely. He, he and I went to high school together. Oh, really? Oh, Drew's here. Please pull me off a copy. <laughs> oh. Drew, Drew's he's demanding Notre, a copy. Notre Dame Catholic school. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He, Drew, he, uh, I was editor of the school newspaper and uh, one issue of the school newspaper, the cover photo was 
him doing basically cosplaying as what Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Where is that uh, picture? I want it immediately. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be able to dig it up for you. It shouldn't be too hard. Oh, that's beautiful. That's cool. Yeah, I got to talk to him today, so I'll let, I'll let him know you said hello. Drew yeah, just ran down the stairs to ask for a copy of that McCartney pressing <laughs> when it's available. So, so we'll see. Mike, where are you at? Are you at your house? Or are you in a studio? Where are you at? Mike? We, we're no, in Drew's basement. Point. This is the <laughs> Red Drew's Shovel. Basement? This yeah. is the Red Shovel Network headquarters. Where is that? Are we allowed to say? Yeah, it's in Ferndale. It's in Ferndale. It's in it's in Highland Park. You said uh, Ferndale. <laughs> close enough. It's like it's like Highland Park with uh, just up with the road. Swanky you boutiques. Out there every day. Or you do that? How many times a week you do this? Just once a week. The rest of the week, oh. I sell plasma. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, can I ask you? Can I ask you some questions, ML Mike? Oh, what do the oh, What do they call you uh, around here? You know things I can't say. Over Why are you looking here. at me? I'm, I'm looking for permission. Uh, ben, there's you know, nothing he would love more than to answer questions from. Yes. You. Awesome. Let's 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 turn the tables. Oh, speed right. round. Um, you have never divulged. Where you got the Kwame Kilpatrick text messages from? That is correct, right? Uh, Jim Schaefer. <laughs> okay. Uh, you and Jim Schaefer have never divulged where they came from, right? Correct. We we told each other. You you okay? You does your wife know? She does not. She does not. She really doesn't. No, they didn't know what we had until the day before publication, and we'd had them for months. So you 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 didn't tell your wife where you got them from. I did not, but Jim had something sitting in a Jimmy John's box that we had been using to transport these that his wife looked in and said, "Oh shit, this is big," and called my wife and said, "I think these assholes might be onto something." And then within a day or so, it was out there. But uh, yeah, no, no, we 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 keep secrets. So you guys have kept that secret this whole time. No one knows except besides you guys and whatever that source was. Uh, I believe that's so. And, and loves of course, it. there's guessed, the Lord Jehovah. If I guessed correctly, would you tell me? On uh, air or off air? Uh, what are you waiting for? Let, let, what let me, what's going he on here? He let me won't. tell you what the FBI tells me when I ask them uh, if I'm wrong. Will you at least tell me that I'm wrong? They say no, because that would be essentially telling you that you're right. So I, I'm going to take the <laughs> FBI answer. That's, that's where the term we can neither confirm or deny comes from, is from that specific kind of situation. Um, I think Carlita gave them to you. Anyways, next question. Um, when did you get your ear pierced, Mike? In 1985, back when it and, was edgy. And why? Because it was edgy? No, because I grew up in Gross Point and hated it. And I wanted to do something that I would never have had the guts to do when I was in high school. And my hero in high school was a guy named Monroe, who was punk before anybody. He used to wear like, pants with 43 zippers on him and he had a, a mohawk and piercings and tats and everything and i thought this is the coolest dude in all of gross point because he's the one guy when everybody else is looking at the preppy handbook much, okay. and trying to say you know where can i find more plaid bow ties this guy just said the hell with you guys i'm 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 going all clash what what year did you graduate high school mike 1985 85 so you you weren't really uh you kind of missed like negative approach and hardcore girls point stuff like punch and Judy theater stuff that yeah. that was before your time. Uh, well, if it was, I wasn't cool enough to know about it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I saw, is it, uh, is everyone in Drew's basement or uh, the people that I'm seeing here? People are all over. No, Sean Windsor. I've got a question for Sean Windsor. Yes. Oh, Sean's I'm, here. I'm here. He's, he's if, Michael, if Michael, let me speak. Release the Kraken. 
<laughs> All right. If Michael, um, let me speak. So you're in Drew's basement. I see in the in, behind you. There's an Oasis concert poster. Is that correct? Yes. I'm not going to look behind me, but yes. yes. Okay. Um, I, I I have a a. I'll throw my a my friend neck of a out. friend story about Oasis in Detroit that I have to share because oh, I think it's please love Oasis. So that was the question for me. What's behind me? He just wanted yeah. to, he just wanted you on camera. So I'm a prop. That, that, that's technically <laughs> referred to as Drew's Wonder Wall. Oh okay. Lord. So I don't know That's how, how you know long this is known, but this is anecdotally told to me by friends a little bit older than me. But um, apparently, uh, the right as Oasis was getting big, their their concert in Detroit was at St. Andrews, I believe. Or they had played somewhere else and they were going to go hang out at St. Andrews. And uh, these friends of mine ended up like talking with the guys in the band. And the guys in the band had this huge chip on their shoulder. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, yep. And they're, you know, their whole thing is being from Manchester and they think Manchester is this really, you know, tough thing. It's, you know, they're, they're badasses because of it. You're not, you're not hard. You think you're hard (laughs) because you're from Detroit. We're from Manchester. We're hard. And they kind of going on that, that trip all night. And so whatever my friends leave. And uh, as they're leaving, they're driving down uh, past St. Andrews and they see the guys from the band walking down the street. And one of my drunk friends says, hey, you think you're fucking hard? I got a gun. How fucking hard are you now? And the guys in Oasis flipped out, like hid behind cars, were like super scared, like ducking and all this stuff. And someone can check the concert schedules or whatever. Oasis did not play Detroit for five years. Oh, thanks a lot. Was that stolen from swingers? (laughs) Thanks a lot. So So we were deprived. Just to prove a point, although I, I'm glad I'm, I'm surprised Liam dove behind a car. I thought he would have been just standing there brooding with his sunglasses on. I had a friend who was in a band called Mule. Uh, oh, lived, yeah. Well, yeah. Lived actually on Cass. I don't remember the cross street, but but that was that whole thing. You know, they squatted for a while and wanted to pretend they shot heroin and, who and was all your that friend? sort of thing. It, his name is Preston Long. P.W. Long. Yeah. yeah. Real uh, foot. Yep, yep, yep. He was in a, he actually before that he was in a band called Wig, and that's when I met him. He was in Ann Arbor. We used to play basketball together, and, and uh, he moved to Detroit and joined a couple of guys from the Laughing Hyenas. And I, I used to go shot. sit and listen to him jam from time to time. But yeah, that was a whole thing back then. It was let's uh, you know Whitey would move down into the into the cast corridor and, and want the street cred and, and all that sort of thing. <laughs> well, Everybody really, was young and didn't know any better. And it really started with Cream, didn't it? I mean, didn't Cream really go out? and launch it out make cast cool for uh i w- i would say that predates cream that goes back oh, to it does i mean you, you gotta you gotta remember that that's just all offshoots of wayne state campus area yeah so you go back to i think it's early maybe like 64 that they they have like the red door gallery and then there's like the detroit artist workshop which was basically all the bohemian uh beatnik kind of folks meet up um, guys like George Tish and uh, Lenny Sinclair at the time, I think she was Mag- Magdalene Arndt, but she later made her John Sinclair and she's known as Lenny Sinclair. Um, but, you know, those kind of like bohemian coffee houses yeah. all start uh, around the Monteith College uh, at Wayne State. And then it escalates into um, Warren Forrest's son. It escalates into Cream Magazine. Uh, bookshops head shops plum street all that stuff and it kind of still going that's that's why third man is in that neighborhood by the way 
which was uh, Mike. I think I've told you this before, but in Midtown, he, <laughs> <ooh>. <laughs> that's how we get him off the phone. He said Midtown. Who said Midtown? What's, what's that? <laughs> Did you know um, Preston or see them see him play? I know that's in, that's SPW? the third rail with third man. If you say Midtown instead of Cass Corridor, you're you're well, going to be finding things though too. Like Midtown and Cass Corridor, as defined, are are different. I think it's it's the the ignorance of people using them interchangeably that offends me more so than anything. But well, it's, answer, it's a Sean, marketing gimmick that worked, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was um, not organic; no. it was very calculated. Kind of yeah, like you moving to Gross Point. Hey, Detroit needed, Detroit <laughs> needed some fucking roots. calculation for the first time in fifty years. Okay, I don't. Wait, be Ben gross. left Detroit for Nashville, right? Say again. You left Detroit for Nashville. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, he, so no wonder you and Alric are friends. He left Detroit for Gross Point. <laughs> He left so we wouldn't have to run into Sean with his mule wig on. Yeah, I don't have any hair at all and don't need to wear a wig. But, Sean, I was going to answer your question that the White Stripes opened for P.W. Long in an early show at the Magic Stick. And and then the first real tour that they did, they ended up – they were opening for Pavement. We did three shows in 1999, uh, September 99, and he showed up in North Carolina. Was he living in North Carolina maybe at that time? Um, but he showed up and he was wearing a, a Bantam Rooster t-shirt. Bantam Rooster is a band from Detroit. Friends of mine, people we know, people, guy, lead singer ended up in the Dirt Bombs. Uh, and I said, oh, nice Bantam Rooster shirt. He's like, oh yeah, these guys are friends of mine. I'm like, what's this guy saying he's friends with Bantam <laughs> Rooster? Oh, he knew everybody. That's PW. PW along. I remember when uh, Urge Overkill one time came to somewhere around here and he was there and he knew them and. I I moved to here from Austin, and back in the eighties, there were a lot of bands back in in that scene, and he knew all those guys. It, it's it's sort of a small world in some ways, right? Driving around a van playing, and I don't know if it's it, still it, that way, it, but it's shockingly small when you think about the world of rock and roll and people that people that are actually committed and dedicated to it and live it and aren't dilettantes and aren't posers and aren't uh, just dipping their toe in. Like I have people, I'm 38 years old and I have people that I deal with now every day that I've been dealing with professionally in, in bands or, or labels or whatever that I've been dealing with for over 20 years. Because like, if you're really committed and really dedicated to this, you're, you're not going anywhere. You know, this is, this is, um, it's an affliction as much as it's a calling. Mm. Well, hey, if you can, if you can make it work. That's yeah. that's the way to do it. You you end up being a lot more happy than uh, a lot of the folks out there. I don't want to say building Buicks, but but doing shit that's more like drudgery. And, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna have another East Side rock star coming on in just a minute. Phil Guzmano of Better Made. I don't know if you ever go to the outlet store there on Gratiot, Ben, but they uh, they got some cool stuff there for Christmas. So there's a better Better Made the chips, right? Oh, Is yeah. that what you're talking? About? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Good rock and roll story is that um, Flaming Lips have it on their rider whenever they come to Detroit. That they, I think, they get uh, a Flaming case hot of chips. the better made uh, flavors uh, for their tour bus. Not the Flaming Hot Chips for the Flaming Hot Lips. Flaming Lips. I haven't heard that name in a while. No. They're, where are they from? Oklahoma. The fl- Flaming oh, Hot okay. is one of the more popular better made flavors. I have bo- flaming hot the the red one versus the orange barbecue yeah the red one i mean it's uh it's all tabasco and and love so i went to grade school across the street from your 
uh, house. Can I say this? Are people tracking you down, Elric? Is this public knowledge? <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. It. I, I, it. I've got the invisible fence and a moat. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, we had uh, the, the better made flavors. We had sour cream and onion, regular, and barbecue. And um, Oh, they're way past that now, just, man. Just mentioning that makes me want to see if they're available in Nashville anywhere at a you know, well, party store. St- stick around for a minute. Maybe you can ask Phil because he's, he's been patiently waiting. Be- before we get to Phil... I want to I want to suggest uh, that you you do some business to support people uh, around us. We want to keep the doors open on these great businesses in Detroit and and if if you want to go to our uh, Facebook page, it's uh, just ML Elric uh, or Twitter at Elric or just throw some comments up there. Throw out some suggestions for people where you'd like to go. Some of my favorites are Nest and City Bird, which are right across the street from from Ben's shop there, uh, Third Man on Canfield. They they were kind of pioneers in Detroit small retail before Detroit was getting fancy restaurants. Hugh, which is just down the street on Cass itself, first place to ever co- co- carry the Kwame Sutra. Very cool menswear store. Think of if James Bond opened up a uh, an odds and ends shop. That's Hugh. It's a really, really cool place. Leon and Lulu in Clawson, another unique, um, super groovy place. Books, housewares, clothing, you name it. Great places that we want to support. We want them to be here when we come out the other end of this. Pure Detroit, of course. If For a long time, if if you were an expat like I was and you wanted something Detroit, you had to go to Pure Detroit to have somebody send it to you. So those are great places to uh, to support. So please, uh, let, let's get your suggestions, folks, on places where we can do some commerce between now and the holidays so that they'll be here after the holidays, because this show's all about Detroit. It's about supporting Detroit. It's about telling the story of Detroit. But if you happen to get a little lost and you get outside Detroit, may I suggest that you check out our favorite butcher shop. Even Sean likes it. It's called The Butchery. It's out what? there on Orchard Lake Road in Sylvan Lake. Um, they are such a cool butcher shop that pretentious foodies like Sean can go in there. What do you and mean? I'm excited exactly about the McRib what he's talking about. <laughs> and when I go in there and say, I want to make some hamburgers and grill some chicken, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And they don't look down on me. They'll feed everyone. And they, they, they don't look up to Sean, but they, no, they shouldn't. Although I did use their chicken last week to make chicken and dumplings. <laughs> yes. And you delicious. had the, you had the Wagyu beef and some oh, amazing I don't marbling. Need Wagyu beef. I'm going to get a McRib, babe. It's uh, you went and you massaged. It's uh, opening up tomorrow. You, you, you massaged your own meat for what you call Kobe little Sean, which what? is, I'm told delicious. It's a very, comes in. Gross. Very small you know, he's been, he's had to take a back seat to Ben for the last 45 minutes. And he's been, <laughs> it's driving itching. him nuts. Yeah. He's been itching <laughs> to get out. Was I talking too much? No, 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 oh, Ben, no, it's Ben. A good thing. He's, it's, it's a great thing. He's just, <laughs> He he can't he he couldn't take it anymore. He had to start talking about his uh, whatever and doing his little my, jokes. My friends at the butcher. Yes, I, I did have yeah. to talk about my friends at the butcher because they are my friends. Yeah, and they're they, also sponsors. So tell oh, they're us, sponsors. Uh, oh, too, tell us where to it? go and what to do. Oh yes, yeah, so they're they're on Orchard Lake, just west of Middle Belt, and you can find them online at thebutcherysl.com, or you can call two four eight six eight two cows. That's two four eight six eight two. C-O-W-S, if you spell that wrong, you'll fail your journalism assignment. They uh, they sell stuff online. They sell stuff um, retail. 
Why are you looking at me again? Good stuff? Because I, I just think I look a little sickly. Today. No, I think I think when when we were at the butchery together, we had a moment. We actually we were holding hands, but I wasn't sure if that was a moment. I was going to say we came together, but I think you were first. We had a great stuff there. It was it simultaneous or not? And uh, Chef Dave and Chef Julie run a great place, so please go by there, check out their fine wares, get the great stuff you want to prepare for your family, and when you get there. Feel free to leave Sean out, but please <laughs> let him know that ML sent you. And, and now, uh, oh, uh, you know what? Uh, before Ben, before Ben's not going, but we have to. Uh, we have a little something for Ben um, from another East Side legend. All guests of Harriot ML Solo Detroit receive a twelve pack of Altus Lager. Oh, he loves beer. So Altus is back. They sponsor the show. Ben, you don't drink, right? Uh, very seldom. So. Because usually when we have teetotalers on the show, that 12-pack of Altus doesn't get much further he's, than my he's finding, a, he's finding a way so. to keep it all for himself, Ben. Can you get a Fago sponsorship? He's actually uh, trying to I build a house out of the cans. I glass bottles. Uh, we, we'll reach out to Fago. That's a good idea. I think, I think at one time Fago was thinking about sponsoring the network, but then the pandemic hit and everything's up yeah. in the air. So if you, if you, even if it's just one bottle and one bag of some Fago and better made would just make my day, whatever day it is. Okay. That's worth a 12 pack to me. I'll, 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 we'll work out some barter, but, but, uh, <laughs> A man who's been patient and not just because his business has been around for about a hundred years joins us now. That's Phil Guzmano of Better Made Chips. The reason why Phil is on today is because one of the places I do a lot of my Christmas shopping is at the Better Made Outlet on Gratiot, where they have some cool swag too. It's 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 right up there with the Soul of Detroit swag. But they have great deals on chips and stuff. But this time of year, this is one of these you gotta be ready for it things in Detroit. You can get better made chips dipped in chocolate or my favorite dark chocolate in a really cool better made tin. They run about 10, 12 bucks. It's the perfect gift for your barber, your letter carrier, that asshole that your sister married, you know, that you got to get something for and maybe you can eat some of it too. Or yourself. Actually, my, my brother in law is pretty cool. So I got to take that back. But, um, but these are, uh, this is a great thing. The thing is, you got to act fast. And I, I was talking to, to Phil about this and I said, you know, you can see him. It's sort of like third man. You can see him pressing the chips right there from the street. Uh, but I said, uh, there's a question in there somewhere. Yeah, we'll Phil. get, we'll get to a question. You get some potato chips and you dip them in chocolate. You put them in a tin and then we're good to go. Right. And Phil said, my son. And he, he calls me that cause he has that beard. You have no idea what goes into making these. So Phil is here to tell us a little bit about, the holiday miracle that is better made chocolate dipped. Hold on, Sean chips. There we go. Welcome Phil. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate uh, you guys having me here. So, so tell us about these chips. I just kind of figured you got some spuds, sliced them up and, and Bob's your uncle, but uh, not so. Well, it does start. It kind of starts out like that, but what we end up doing is we, we, we fry them here. We end up packaging them up, sending them out to have them enrolled. They get enrolled. They get put into into the, the bag, and then they put them in the tin and send them back to us. And then we distribute them all, actually, with our distributors all around the state. And then uh, we do send them, actually, all around the world uh, on the internet. You send them to Nashville. Ben wants to know. <laughs> we can. We do send them to Nashville. I've had them here. Someone, uh, uh, a friend sent them. I think it was maybe a wedding or engagement gift, but uh, the those chocolate covered chips i they're so good that i had to limit myself to one a day 
just well, there you go. I very I I in my absolute gluttony I would have demolished that whole tin if given the opportunity. So we only do them seasonally, and as we start getting into October, we get like this pent up frustration. People start looking for these things, and we start getting phone calls and inquiries on the internet. It's like, where can I get them? Where can I get them? So we actually have come up with on our internet. You can go up and find the chocolate covered chip finder, and you go on there and you you type in you know where you're looking. And it breaks it down by county, and you can actually go find them in the local stores by them. So it, it actually, it's, it's pretty crazy. And, and Phil, you told me that getting this production is actually an interstate affair, that you guys have had to cast far and wide to get exactly what you need to make these things the way you like them. We work hard to make sure that everybody is uh, you know, satisfied with what they want. So it's excellent quality chips, excellent quality chocolate. Combined together, you get that salty, sweet. People just really go crazy for it. But what's the Pennsylvania connection? You told me something about big rigs going out to Pennsylvania. And I, I mean, I just assume you grab some spuds, you know, at so the we, bodega down the street. Potatoes, our potatoes do come from Michigan, but when we're, the, the company that we found to enrobe them is located in Pennsylvania. So what does enrobing mean? Are these naked chips and now they're walking around with this plush terry cloth? I mean, it, it sounds naked. a little weird. They're naked, just covered with salt, and we send them out and they enrobe them. They, they pour the chocolate on top of them. Fancy way of saying pour the chocolate on Okay, so so then they, they, they travel out in a luxury coach that's hermetically sealed with uh, classical music playing so that the chips don't get upset. They end up in Pennsylvania. They, they prefer white stripes. Oh, they white stripes. Okay. Well, look at this cross promotion. This is how the hell is Detroit not running the world in commerce here? It's just a natural. So then they get to Pennsylvania. They get dipped in chocolate, and then they're brought back. Each each chip is on a velvet pillow uh, until it's yeah, basically they come back uh, all nicely cared for, and uh, people fight over them at the store. It's pretty amazing. Holy crap. Well, that's, I don't know how you keep the cost down with that sort of luxuriant treatment. But uh, if you want to get these, I recommend that you check out the Better Made Outlet store there on Gratiot. They've got all kinds of cool things. You will, you will find yourself enjoying your visit. But if you can't make it, maybe if Ben uh, has his keyboard handy, how do other folks find out about, uh, about this sweet action, Phil? So the perfect way, like I said, is to go on our website. Uh, right on the on the website, it, there's a, a chocolate covered potato chip finder, and you can go on there and you can get everything you need right there. And that's on the Better Made website. Yeah, Better Made Snack Foods or BetterMade.com. BetterMade.com. That's M A D E. Uh, Phil, thanks for your patience. Thanks for thanks for those little elves that make those chips that get me off the hook with so many people. In fact, I buy so many of these to give away. I, I think I intentionally make sure I have one or two extra so that I have no choice but to consume them myself. So uh, can I just trade in my 12 of, of beer for one of those tins? Is that, I'll get you two. Hey, great. Uh, yeah, just take, just take it all, Ben. And I get, one I get, so Phil sending you the chips that I still get to keep the beer though. Right. Cause I made this happen. I'm sort of the broker. Beer. Yeah. Okay. You, Damn. You and your yard beers have fun. Oh, this is, it's always about ML. Of course end, it is. It? Yeah. Yeah. Detroit Love. Know, just, let me know when you're coming down, and I'll take good care of you. Uh, you guys always take care. I have to tell you, your staff there, they are, they're some very, very uh, friendly and helpful folks. So, uh, so you will see me there again. And, and I guess these chips go fast, so we better act 
quickly. Yeah, getting low. Okay. Well, Phil, thanks for joining us. Ben, thanks for thanks for joining us from Nashville. If you guys want to stick around for the rest of the show, we're gonna we're gonna do something we haven't done yet, which is debate. I guess we we did debate quite a bit there. Apparently, uh, Sean knows some guy who's in a band. <laughs> I don't know. When you let him talk, yeah. You know, I mean, jeez, the guy's. In, you know, oh, I don't need to debate. He's in, a, he's in a coma for forty-five minutes. You wake him up. You pull the pin out of that grenade, and everybody gets blown apart. What do you mean, everybody? It's just you. Well, I guess the debate's beginning then. <laughs> I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. Before we resume our uh, running gunfight, uh, formerly known as the Great Debate, I want to ask you if your stocking is hung with care, but your jingle balls just aren't jingling. Maybe it's because you need to manscape. Ah. I'm sure you're familiar with this product. It's a lawnmower 3.0. It is the personal grooming device that's made for a man, but it's strong enough for a lady. This thing is waterproof. It's rechargeable. You can recharge it with the USB. It is a 9,000 RPM power motored 360 degree dual rotary blade system i don't even know what that you, means no, you just know that off the top of your head that it's also metal. self-propelled which is great for my back that will clean out <laughs> that's right it's a, it, it, it's, it will clean out your nose hairs that's the weed whacker i'm referring to but the lawnmower 3.0 yes that's great for shaving whatever needs it um they say that 79 percent of partners who were polled admitted that long nose hair is a major Turn off, and of course, if you're combing your hair over from your shoulders, that's a turn off either. So, may I suggest that you check out the weed whacker for your schnoz and your ears, and the lawnmower for all other regions that could use a little um, defoliage, defolestation, deforestation. Anyways, you know what I'm talking about. If you act now, you can get 20% off and free shipping by using the promo code ML at manscaped.com and if you make a purchase there of any reasonable amount let's let's try and shoot for the $50 range and you send us a copy of your receipt or some sort of confirmation at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com we will hook you up so you can zoom in on a future show and hang out with good people like Ben and Phil and and then this motley crew that's here every week so uh, act fast. The holidays are coming up. We will we will have our our big uh, Zoom uh, fest in uh, let's let's think about in January or so. Um, but you still have time. So act fast. Manscape.com promo code ML twenty percent off free shipping. It gets here in time for holidays. They also have some cool stuff like boxers, a luxury nail kit, the crop cleaner or cleanser, which is a shampoo and a um, and a body wash, dye free. And it's actually pretty cheap. And they have all kinds of cool stuff, like some of these wipes that a fellow like Matt Jennings might use when he pulls <laughs> up to that truck stop and the, and the lot lizard says, I like the cut of your jib, but I'm not sure that I like the aroma coming from your trailer. Well, those crop wipes, those will, those will close the deal for you. That and probably $20. But anyways, that's all at manscaped.com. So please check it out. Promo code again. Promo code is M. As in manly and L as in yeah. uh, loser. Okay, so and it's Larry, a, right as you're checking out too. Is where you? I don't know. I don't know what's going on today, Matt. Like, uh, <laughs> By the way, when's Matt coming on? I need to use the restroom, and I've been waiting. Oh, for you a got while. time. 
Okay. okay. Probably an hour. Okay. <laughs> so Sarah Fuller gets yes. in the game for Vanderbilt. Who's Sarah Fuller? She's, Whoa. She's a kicker. No, I, you're in Vanderbilt. trouble for not knowing. I know. I know. Gave a, gave a halftime speech, made a hell of a boot. Well, not really. But she got in the game. She played Division I football in the SEC, which is also known as the little NFL. It's not the first time a woman has played Division One football. It's the first time in a Power in a, Five conference. First time in a Power Five conference. And all she did was squib the kickoff uh, from the second half. So, so what are we debating? Mark is skeptical as to whether or not this is a, a wonderful moment, and I, well, I think well, it is. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. Now, I also think that a lot of the people on Vanderbilt um, uh, are not as good as she is, but it's still, it's pretty good. I just want everyone to know the full story, and, it, and it's a very hard thing for her to do because you know she's going to get a ton of shit. They asked her to kick. Their kickers are out from covid they don't have a men's soccer team. Their, their women's soccer team is very good. So they asked someone to kick. So from that perspective, yeah, that's good. The one issue I have with it is the, I guess, how well celebrated is like you're not allowed to say that was a pretty lousy kick. It was going to go out of bounds. I feel like you're not allowed to say that. But what drives me nuts is she was named the SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. So you think that's a participation trophy? Sorry. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, I think it's it's a cool moment. Why do we have to piss all over that? What's wrong with that? What? And by the way, she wasn't trying to kick it on the field, right? She was trying to not squib it, well, but, but so kind of put it I mean, in a little pocket over there. Yeah, and but Vandy, my understanding, Vandy was already getting smoked. I, I think the issue here is not that uh, she had shown she could kick, right? Though, Mike, and, and she's a soccer goalie, she, right? But she had, so had been messing around and was kicking from forty-five. Can yards drive out. that ball. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I was surprised that they had her squib. So that's why, why the, that's why, why they it, ask her. Why is it such a great thing? Just, I mean, refresh me. Well, because I think that while some jokers want to pay college athletes and want to turn this into a a career. I love that we still have genuine moments in these sports. And maybe the question is how genuine this was, well, but they, they, yeah. they were tr- they were totally in need. I mean, when we were talking about this before the show, I said, why didn't they just get a guy from the soccer team? Not that they shouldn't get a woman from the soccer team, but I mean, those boys can kick the ball like nobody's business. You said Vanderbilt doesn't have a men's soccer team. And I remember when I was at Michigan State in the George Perlis era, they would have open auditions for kickers and there was a woman at the state news who went and auditioned for it. And it was a big gag and a gimmick. And, you know, she booted the ball and didn't get, didn't get, um, didn't get much more than a, a funny story out of it. I guess but my, this, my, this was a legitimate need. They needed her. This is really cool. No, I, that, that part's fine. But it's not, to me, it's not like females have been trying to knock down the door to playing, you know, college football division one. And they're just saying no. And she's breaking a barrier. I just, I was, I heard a story, I think it was ABC News. That said, it was the biggest uh, football story from the weekend, and I'm like, really? Because we've done, was. but we've done really. I, did not. Did nobody watch Michigan State manhandle um, Northwestern? Well, nationally, it was. Or I mean, how it got, COVID it got more coverage than anything else? How COVID destroyed all the quarterbacks on the Denver Broncos? People I mean, are looking for. I mean, it's but we've done the this world's before. on fire right Look, now, man. When people I, are just looking for a tiny little bit of light, you're right. There, but, there but are have, women that are trying to get in and go play yeah. middle linebacker. But so what? She so she came in and she kicked a football. It yeah. was cool. Exactly. So what? But Why is it being so? I, to me, it's just being so overly celebrated. And then to hear that she dressed down the team at halftime. Yeah. So this this is where things up. get a little goofy. I mean, special teams player of the week. That's ridiculous. Thank you. That's my whole point. Giving a speech at halftime. Now, actually, you know, if 
what she said is absolutely true, by the way. If the custodian what? went in there and said, hey, Vanderbilt, you all suck, I, I wouldn't knock no, it because she was, they do suck. She was but, making the point that... The, the, yeah, where's the, the spirit? Exactly. And yeah. if you go and... We, did you have uh, kids that played high school ball? You can see, or high school sports of any kind. No, I've been uh, to my daughter played girls soccer. and boys sports in high school. You can uh, you can see the difference, and that's also from her perspective. Sure, the camaraderie and the like. Hey, you, let's pick each other up. Jim Harbaugh well, my, was trying to do that to his team. You're Saturday. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Which is he's a joke for doing that too. Yeah. Um, no, but, he's not. The, my, team, the my, best teams are connected that way. But I guess my point guy, is, some of this guy, is getting lost in all of this. But I just think it's cool that they had a woman play in the game and they needed her this wasn't a statement this wasn't a gimmick this was they needed this woman to kick that damn ball well that's fine and if they'd ever scored I, she might have been able to kick some the, extra points the larger <laughs> point of what she was talking about of trying to pick pick each other up and that sort of thing in a, in a team i remember when my and i hate to call my son out here <laughs> publicly my youngest son played basketball and he got pulled one time in a game and he was so mad he went over to the bench and leaned back and his body language is terrible and his arms are spread out Kind of, and the coach was furious with him because he wasn't up engaged okay. in the game. That's that's that's, that's, that's what she's talking that's about. That's the coach. That's not the person that joined the team four days but, earlier. But her point was right. And, you know, don't you've, just think wait, about wait, yourself all the time. That's been, all she was trying to say. You've been on a team before, right? Oh, absolutely. You, and a newcomer comes in and starts addressing the team. Now that's a little weird. I don't think it's weird. She was right on. Okay. Is she back? Is she coming back this week? You got the coach fired, so that's good. Oh, did the coach get fired? Coach was getting fired anyway. Yeah. Oh, Van- so maybe it was a gimmick. Vanderbilt's Owen whatever, right? Yeah. Maybe it was a gimmick then. What? Well, well, who know, else were they going to get? They done, didn't we, have a kicker. They didn't have a men's soccer team. You're right. And they couldn't do open tryouts because, you know, there's no one on there's campus. There's no open tryouts. I mean, it was just sort of a fluky set of circumstances that yeah, led nobody, to this, right? Nobody of those 125 people that play for Vanderbilt could squib kick like that. Well, maybe maybe that's why she had to dress him down. Maybe her speech she was had, my, uh, all you hundred and twenty five Goliaths can't goals. kick a ball. Right, you guys know I, this, right? She'd yes, been booting forty five yard field goals. And Sean, don't get me wrong. I have no problem it was with it. Who's Kickalicious? Does no, he still have eligibility? Mark hates women, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Just totally. Um Which surprises me. He's such a nice guy. My my point is I thought I, Mike was the misogynist. He hates room. soccer. It's the over the top <laughs> celebration of this, which we've done before how many more qualifiers are there going to be for the next one and it's not a thing like she could have tried out for the team and been able to play all year long if she wanted to that's that's not the issue to me it's just the over celebration of it where it's like well she just did i mean she just squib kicked a football i don't know they celebrated for a few days people are going to move on and, and it's not going to be in the news every day for the next year i, I you know Dude, it's vanderbilt football this yeah. was the highlight exactly. of their so season they yeah, exactly. suck the admirals and, or the and every weekend, like the last two weekends, I think there've been at least fifteen games that have been canceled. Right, so people are sure. just, it's depressing out there. The right Commodores now. with Lionel Richie could beat the Commodores, so this was all they had this season. And so, yes, Wait, should she? Are the Commodores new wave? No, it's old wave. Wow, old school. You like the Commodores? S K O O L. Well, or you would say S K Umlaut. Over the OL. I'm glad you guys uh, find squib kicks exciting. So Nobody said it was exciting. It was just kind of a fun, fun light moment, a little bit different in a, in a time when the world is uh, top, top story of the week? So, yeah, the, should, the should she have been For SEC? Football, yes. Is it the top story of the week? No, it's the who won the damn election. Should she be SEC player of the week? No. Of course not. But was it cool? There's no debate about that. Of course it was very cool. Hmm. Easy room. 
Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Is him wanting to play with I'm gonna change my geek of the week now. <laughs> geek? Or we're you gotta get outside this room for geek of the week. You want me to start? No, no, I just I want to start. With, I just want to put a little a little pause between that that beautiful moment and uh, and a beautiful man who always steps up, but he kicks it right through the upright. That's Luke Nowacki. Luke for three. Luke for the extra point. Luke on an onside kick. Except Luke's team is never behind. They never have to make an onside kick. And I I'm, I want to confess a little something about this because uh, it says right here on the paper I have to. Uh, you may not be aware of this, but my Kilpatrick royalties don't kick in until the eighth mention of any combination of the words Kwame, Kilpatrick, or Pulitzer. And now we're going to add to that list Lessonberry. <laughs> so my financial future is looking pretty sweet. If you'd like a similar arrangement, you can either get your own damn Pulitzer or maybe... Just maybe call Luke Nowacki with Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. He can help you find a way to provide for your retirement future that may or may not involve reading through mayoral sex messages that Jim Schaefer got. Call Luke at 248-663-4748 because he's not just the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, Pac-12, and... Uh, and um, Where are you going with this? And um, uh, Mac special teams player of the year. <laughs> He'll make it all about you, sweetheart. <laughs> Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, and services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. While the always decisive Sean Windsor goes over his ch- choice, he reviews his notes for Geek of the Week, we're going to uh, turn, the, turn the, uh, the, the power mic over to Mark Fellhauer. Mark, are, you, oh, are you ready? You want me to go first? Yeah, I'll Detroit. go first. Sorry, that's a bad. You, you are you ready? Go first? Do you want me to? Am, am, I, am I supposed to go first, or are you just going to keep talking? Who's going first? I'll go first. And, and my geeks of the weeks are all these people on Twitter that are mad at a TV show on a streaming service, Saved by the Bell, that reboot. And they're mad about a joke that was made on that show about Selena Gomez's kidney transplant. For those that remember uh, or don't remember, Selena Gomez uh, needed a kidney transplant. She has lupus. It's a very nice story, and her best friend gave her the kidney. Great. Great story. Wonderful. Glad she's fine. She didn't die. She's not ill. So there was a joke just thrown into Saved by the Bell, which apparently people care about, that um, some on Twitter thought was just over the top, and you're not allowed to make fun of Selena Gomez or any celebrity in a nice story. And they have been so loud about this and their anger with it that Saved by the Bell has edited the joke out of the show. So it's for all those people that have decided what what are jokes and what aren't jokes. That's it. Sean? Well, I was thinking about uh, Will Kane, who was a ESPN personality, I guess, who recently went to Fox News and starts talking about the... Election right being stolen and fraud and all that, whatever. Yeah, I guess uh, uh, hair and not much else. And then I was thinking about Mark after this last uh, great debate, but I don't want to do that because that's my buddy. Uh, so, and, and I hate this whole Geek of the Week thing. I'm going to make about myself every don't be, week. Don't be I'm gonna, soft. I'm going to pull Elrekian. What did Will Kane do? What I don't I, even know. Uh, it's uh, politics. I don't want to get into it. Okay. There's somebody on Twitter calling me out for being a little bit late today. His name is Craig Backus. Oh, yeah. Fan of the show, maybe. Uh Fan of of Elric, probably. He says, there are two kinds of people in the world, people who show up on time and people with excuses, plan ahead. He's absolutely right. (laughs) 
I uh, probably didn't leave, I guess, soon enough, and uh, maybe should have looked at the traffic map. I used to do that. Um, I didn't. No excuses. It's He's he's right. I should have been here on time like Elric is every week. I am an <laughs> enormous geek, and uh, I take responsibility. I want to be in the other camp, Craig, and uh, next week I'm going to be in that other camp, and next week we'll talk about how I fucked up in the upcoming week. There you go. Wow. Would uh, So I'm the geek of the week for would, me. With a X Y Z Jablonski in that band you used to love called uh, Prosthetic Limb, agree? Yeah, because I think sure. you were in Austin, and then you were in. Uh, what, you were in, uh, in. I know we can't Gay all Paris, stay France, in Gross Point all and, our lives. Uh, you know what I mean? You was in uh, Chapel Hill. Good for Hill. you. You've got roots. And, uh, you know what I mean? You've been driving around in a Volvo for thirty <laughs> years. So you're, it's, it's really, you're, you're the geek of the week, but for being late, not for no. complaining that somebody had their shit admits, paper yeah, hanging no. the wrong way. Okay. Oh, no, I admit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But MLs always win. So who is it? Well, ML, yeah, it's always going to be somebody else. He'll never look Mine inward. is by royal decree, and it's Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. Oh, California is experiencing some of the steepest increases in this coronavirus read, infections since the pandemic began. <laughs> this is if called. You can finish. It's yeah. not a read. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to be criticized by a guy who made a, a change on the fly. From to, Will Kane to me. To, uh, <laughs> Will Kane? I, I, Will Kane, didn't he do Superman? Who was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, Dean Kane. But Dean okay. Kane, yeah. yeah. Nice head of hair, too. So, We're never going to get back on track. Okay, no. so anyways, in California, they've <laughs> locked down the state yes. because coronavirus is spiking there like no place else. And they've had trouble with coronavirus since the beginning. They were one of the first states to really be plagued by this. They take pride in how aggressive they are in trying to step on the bug. They've shut down businesses. They've mandated masks inside of businesses. They basically are saying, listen, we got to do everything we can to stop this thing from spreading. Well, at the same time, Gavin Newsom and his crew are saying that this is do or die. He was caught by a newspaper inside one of the swankiest restaurants in California, not just not wearing a mask, but noshing and yucking it up with the head of the California Hospital Association and their top lobbyist. So now that my man Gavin, also excellent hair, gets caught, he says, well, actually, we were indoor, but we were, you know, we were kind of outdoors. Wrong. Say, what? Then it turns out, you know, no, no, they weren't outdoors at all. They were near a sliding glass door that opened onto a courtyard. So now... Newsy, as I like to call him, is caught for good, dead nuts. And he says, the spirit of what I'm preaching all the time was contradicted, and I've got to own that. I need to preach and practice, not just preach. So it took him a while, but he says he got it. I guess we'll see. My runners up are also from California and also from the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, Diane Feinstein, yep, the... Yep. Uh, octogenarian senator who therefore is at very high risk was caught walking through Congress without a mask on. And Nancy Pelosi, the septuagenarian Californian got called out because she wanted to have a big welcome dinner for the newly elected members of Congress, presumably Democrats. And there weren't as many tables needed as she would have thought, but she was going to have this in a big room 
that was windowless. Basically, the kind of place Wasn't where it the rotunda or no? you're not supposed to go. Well, I don't think there's any windows in the rotunda. That's what I'm saying, but, but I thought but it was the But the idea was, was the rest of the country is being told, we got to suck it up to get through this. Can I piggyback? I, I can give you three more people. Cuomo uh, said, don't gather for Thanksgiving, and then admitted that he invited his mom and his daughters over and then was caught and said, uh, not, no, they're not coming over. Then you have the uh, governor of New Jersey who said the same thing, and then he's caught out to dinner with his family. And then you have the mayor of Denver who said, don't travel, don't go anywhere. They caught him at the airport. Caught at the airport. An hour later, I think, after he made that. And, and they wonder why people don't want to listen to those in authority. Yeah, so, so here's the deal. We encourage you to wear a mask. We, we think it's, we've said that from the beginning. We've said that before people knew exactly how scary this is. And now we're looking to cash in on it because we're selling masks and gaiters at DrewAndMikeStore.com. And if you wear that <laughs> gator, I suggest you double it over. You know, an extra layer never hurts. Thank you for talking again and not, not reading from a script. But the, nice but, to hear. But the thing is, we're trying to practice what we preach and we believe it. You lose credibility. You don't help your cause. If you tell everybody else to do something and you do the opposite. So if that describes you. That describes every parent. Every parent is Geek of the Week. (laughs) By the way. The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too soft. I'm going to pretend like you need to just make my dick go soft. By the way. Real quickly. If if you're watching us, you you may see us without masks. We are six feet apart. We are in a room with a whole room air filter, so we are following. I can't even see you, actually. I know. That's the way I like it. I just wanted to point out Facebook uh, comments here. Don Moore totally agreed with you, by the way, Mark. Oh, good. During the debate, Sarah Fuller, and said I just needed another trophy, you know, a participation (laughs) trophy. And Marie wanted to point out that it's not a sports cast. So good topic, ML. It's a social justice cast. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad you're reading them and not him. This show would be five hours. Besides show length, Wait. rates. Rates. Oh, yeah. They're going rates down. Are at all time, uh, uh, show lengths are at all-time highs. Rates are at all-time lows. If your current mortgage is above 3%, what are you waiting for? You could be saving money. And currently at Hall Financial, almost 70% of all loans don't require an appraisal. So call Hall Financial today to see if you qualify for a no appraisal loan. Believe it or not, closing times have sped up again at Hall Financial, and that's a good thing. That means that they can get your loan closed in as little as 10 business days. Go to our website, that's mlsolvedetroit.com, and click on the Hall Financial link to get started. If you want to give them a call, you can talk to my man, Dan Morrison, or, you know, go to our website. It'll take you to their website, and that way they will know that when you got there, it's because ML sent you. Hall Financial, lower payments, better options, more personal attention. And MLS 146-7435. Last week, he was like the house by the side of the road, just waiting for traffic to come by, to go by. But today, Professor Matt Jennings is taking a mental health day. He's avoiding oh. the nasty roads, the slick, the, the precarious. And he's joining us here from his ivory tower with this week in soft history. Professor, what do you have to teach us today? I have a ton of stuff. I just want to know how everybody's doing. First off, 
Uh, I'm I doing well. May I say, you guys during the week, you look fantastic what? in that Soul Detroit long sleeve T-shirt that ships in time for the holidays. Look at that. Looks pretty nice, don't it? We're practically it giving right those away. Too. That's right. They come in all sizes. Mm-hmm. It, they do. That's not a shot. They can- I don't know. It's a double XL. I'm not ashamed. It's extra learned. That's it. Oh, that's nice. Should I just start going? Because yes. everybody else is shutting up. We're doing wonderful. Oh, oh good. <laughs> they, they've, they've, they've each bitten down on that hollow tooth in the back of their mouth that releases the poison gas. So I love that you and how, me, how engaged you guys are in the first half oh, of the show. I'm very. And as soon as I'm on, they're just, everybody just sitting there like, no, that's not true. You no, know we're that's ready. not true. We're I'm just ready. trying to keep it moving. I know. We're ready to I'm learn. Just okay, so I should just get started. Yes. Don't let anybody interrupt okay. you. In 1832. You want to get going with first... this before somebody jumps in. <laughs> in eighteen thirty. Especially when the, the slick course... roads, you know as a trucker, it's important to get traction so that you don't fishtail and endanger other motorists. He's going to fall for it every time. Trucks don't fishtail. They jackknife. Ooh, in your face, ML. All right, I love you. In 1832, <laughs> you thought the that was going to shut drums, me up. Does anybody know want to know what's going on in 1832? I kind of do. They're all dead now. ML does. <laughs> I kind of do. <laughs> in 1832, <laughs> the first horse-drawn streetcar called the John Mason carried passengers along Fourth Avenue in New York City. The feedback from the passengers was good, setting a smooth ride and comfortable seating with only one suggestion. Was there any way to move the tailpipes? Was was that horse by name by any chance named Rusty? <laughs> hey, that's a good I, uh, reference. That's a reference. I don't know, but he ate a ton of bananas. <laughs> no, no beefaroni. That's a yeah. reference from a from a show in the nineties. So I'm very proud of you. This is the this oh. is the Mazology. Yeah, it's Seinfeld. What did he? What did you say? I'm I'm sorry. We had Will Kane it. from Superman, and now we have uh, Rusty from Seinfeld. Oh, okay. Just well, power yeah, through, Matt. Doesn't matter what he says. You watch, you watch Seinfeld, though, don't you, ML? You, I you used are a big to. Seinfeld guy. Keep going, Matt. <laughs> oh, boy, I can't yes and with any of you guys now, can I? This is going to be longer than the right. Drew and Mike show. Okay, in 1934, federal agents in Illinois conducted a dead or alive manhunt to track down bank robber and gangster Babyface Nelson and oh, his yeah. associates. The trail ended in gunfire when federal agents shot and killed Babyface Nelson, but failed to nab his cohorts. Carl Kitty Wampus Jackson, Charles Who Let the Horse Out Johnson, and Frankie Shit for Brains Poopyhead. They really knew how to nickname him back then, eh? Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> I can see you holding in your laughter. Really. You've just joined yeah. them on the FBI's least wanted list. <laughs> this is this is when I quit watching Facebook. <laughs> I think last week someone said this is painful. Yeah, it is. We love pain. That, that, that was yeah. me. <laughs> Power through. Podcast for two. Uh, Exxon and Mobile agreed to one of the largest Don't jackknife. corporate mergers. Keep it straight. Don't jackknife. I'm you jack-knife. taught me something. Okay, I'm going to start over again. Ready? Three, ah, two, no, no, one. just pick up where you left off. Exxon and Mobil agreed to one of the largest corporate mergers in history at an astounding $73.7 billion. Of course, Exxon admitted it would have cost less if they remembered to use the rewards card. Oh, hey, look at the little titter. It's cute. Sean is sitting like uh, the statue of David. 
<laughs> Wait, that statue standing. Yeah. Oh wow! Apparently, it was it was up. it was cold when they sculpted that. <laughs> was that your last one? Uh, you wish. Uh, a okay. wing of Queen Elizabeth's palace sustained damages well into the millions when a fire broke out. An investigation determined that the fire was caused by a royal cook who burned the fucking ham. When was this? What was the date? I don't. I don't know. I thought 90s, this was history. The 90s. Okay. I'm. I'm glad that joke went flat immediately. Did you so, even hear my punchline, so, Sean? Yeah, you heard it. All heard it unfortunately, yeah. he, he was yeah. preparing Gross. the ham in yeah. Buckingham yeah. Palace. So we, no, we got it. I, I, it's, uh, yeah, I heard. It was an Effingham. Well, I heard. Not a being. When I first started this uh, this podcast, I was excited about my uh, future in comedy, but. <laughs> I think after the last few months that I've been here, it's time to uh, make sure my pension's going to be all right after 2025. Yeah, when, Get it? when we started this podcast, I was 20 years old. So, Matt, thank you very much for uh, joining us with those. Uh, Good job, Matt. Those memorable moments that yeah, people will never you. forget, you, no Shia, matter happy no Thanksgiving, matter how Matt. hard they try. Yeah, you too, brother. <laughs> Thanksgiving is history. <laughs> <laughs> I realize we're going a little long, and I just want to apologize on behalf of Mark, who had one more question he didn't want to ask Ben Dyckwell. Yeah, that's what took us long. This week, it's, it's not. Um, so we asked you last week whether you wanted us to return to unearthing new wave gold, bringing those, those underappreciated tunes from bands that you loved or finding those bands you didn't know about but after we show them to you you're going to love or if you wanted us to play some new wave holiday music i will read some of your responses in just a moment but i will tell you the aggregate was swift and decisive really for those of you who are sick of hearing the same old crap amen on over the air radio i spent the last week unearthing such a catalog Good. of new wave holiday gems that I was left feeling like there actually is some Christmas music worth listening to. We just don't get to hear it. Aha! Until this very moment. When we are pleased to welcome into room 7609 the three wise men with Thanks for Christmas.
welcome for Christmas. The three wise men. Now, the three wise men have been on this show before, uh, performing under their their more um, widely known name, uh, which isn't really a name. It's it's like a lot of cool people, just initials. And uh, if I haven't given it away, like Al Kaline used to during the uh, the Tiger trivia game, Al, you gave it away, um, uh, Mister. Mr. Fellhauer, do you know who that was? I saw it by accident, but I would not have. Well, then let's wait for Sean. Yeah, well, Sean. Wait for Sean. Sean was up in the. I want to know because I want to add it to my Christmas playlist. Well, Sean, do you, do, Sean you... do you know who performed that that lovely little Christmas ditty? No, sorry. Wait, where's my mic? Sorry. No guess. Sorry, sorry. Oh, that was that was Mike's fault. <laughs> no, no idea. Mike well, cut it, the mic. They go by the Three Wise Men, but it's an it's a real band. So three Elrics. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I will give you another clue, Sean. Perhaps this will help you. Um, in the 12 days of Christmas, there's a partridge in a pear tree. It would help if I'd heard it. I was... In uh, this band, you I were had spending to leave the, a penny. I had to leave the basement. Let's Don't make say. excuses. He was rehanging the, the, uh, the wallpaper. I had to leave the basement. It takes a while. I'm so, getting up there. You know so what I mean? the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, this band it's also a, has a, a partridge. <laughs> Does that help? It's not so much of a stream anymore. Wait, it has a, par- a while. Has a par- the partridge family? No, no, no. Oh, I know who it is now, now that you say that. Andy Partridge, anybody? Yes, yeah. But see, I don't hear XTC in uh, in that song. Do you? You don't feel the ecstasy of the season coursing through your loins? Oh, I didn't know there were going to be more puns. Oh, I thought you were going to say veins, but it's always got to <laughs> oh, go yeah, down I, there I hear for ecstasy. you. You do? That, yeah, I, I think I think Partridge has such a distinctive voice, and it, it has sort of a, it's a very melodic, sort of sing-songy um, tune. And not to say that, that, XTC is sing songy because I think that I think that's uh, that's uh, pejorative, but it it has that sort of um, well crafted poppy feel that you come to expect from XTC, and uh, and I initially when I said let's talk about new wave holiday music, I thought oh shit, one of the reasons I like Room Seven Six Zero Nine, I can escape what's playing on the airwaves now. There are dozens, if not scores, of outstanding new wave holiday songs out there some by bands you know like U2 and Sting and others by bands that would blow your mind the pet shop boys the waitresses i mean uh, sonic youth i mean we're going to get to some of these in december and we won't get to all of them but um but we appreciate you bringing more of them to our attention um and uh yeah i'm 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 just surprised i'm, really glad I'm surprised that these uh stations that play all christmas music don't play something like that the or don't play the, that's yeah, a great you, song yeah yeah you're right man I, I don't understand why a u2 christmas song wouldn't be played ad nauseum yeah the, the close well the, because the refrain is, is screw the english but otherwise you know you could just do a radio edit right but the uh the the closest you'll get to a new wave um uh, holiday song is David Bowie and and Bingo. Oh Spirit. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say there's not many that I've heard of. Yeah, no, that's it. Well, the so, Beatles. So yeah, yeah, John. Well, I wouldn't consider them new wave. Well, yeah, it's my main, more mainstream. Yeah, but but so this is Bowie new wave. Oh yeah, Bowie. Well, I guess Bowie that. Is, I guess oh that. My God, he, he's everything. Actually. He's everything. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's covered it all. And uh, and woken up with all of it, but um, <laughs> that's fine. Nobody's here to judge. That's I like it. I like it. It was a good choice. A man for all season, a man for Beautiful all. Beautiful choice. You, you checked both the, boxes too: Christmas music and a deep cut. 
Yeah. And you talked about your loins. So that's really all three boxes. So oh, you're covering uh, the show nicely. Good job. So there we go. We will have more of these uh, new wave holiday tunes for you throughout December here on in room 7609. If you have some suggestions, uh, the floor is open. Please send them our way. Uh, and while you're out and about and, uh, and trying to show your love for room 7609, please consider doing so with a lovely and reasonably priced room 7609 vintage keychain. Um, it's just some of the many great products mm. you can find in our online store. That you've mentioned eight times. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Hoodies, yeah, the long sleeve t-shirts, Is it getting beanies. dark outside, Mark? <laughs> um, My goodness. Mask, gators, keychains, t-shirts, hockey jewelry, stickers, and signed copies of the Kwame Suit. You can find them all where, Mr. Mark? Uh, DrewandMikeStore.com. They ship in time for the holidays, so please yes. get in there. By the aforementioned Joey Marasso. Mr. Marasso is waiting to uh, to to bring you joy. Um, you can also support the show by donating. And our deepest gratitude goes to Kristen, in case we forgot to mention her last week. That would have been a grievous oversight because Kristen is a regular contributor to the show. She also uh, likes new wave music and all around yeah. seems like a pretty good person. Cool cat. Mm -hmm. um, we're grateful to everybody who gives. By the way, if you are watching us on Facebook, uh, it is Giving Tuesday. That's a time to dig deep and give to good causes like us. So uh, you can do that. How, uh, Mark? MLSolaDetroit.com. Click that donate button. Yeah, it's often. It's, it's really easy. And uh, the other thing that you can really do to help us, and this is really the thing that helps us the most, is to let our sponsors know that you found out about them by listening to the Soul of Detroit. I know it can be a little, uh, I mean, people like me get a little intimidated or a little hung up or uptight by saying, you know, oh, you know, so-and-so uh, uh, -so sent me. Get over your nerves. Please yeah, do. just we, do it. We they really like talking appreciate about it. it. Yeah. And of course, manscaped.com, promo code ML. Make a purchase, send us proof, and you can zoom into a future show. We promise it will not be as long as this one. We can't promise that it will be better than this one. Um, we also appreciate if you subscribe what is he to the saying? show. I don't even know anymore. Share the show, rate the show, and love the show. Uh, and we love your feedback at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. Tara writes, I vote new wave Christmas songs. Two exclamation points. She wins. Because she really means it. Love the show. Kelly says, hey, ML, love the show. Was skeptical about soft history, but it's going really well. Mm. Mm. I'm love, still skeptical. I love Kelly, but now I'm skeptical of up. Kelly. Um, <laughs> she says, my preference for December is to go back to hidden new wave treasures, not Christmas music. Keep up the good work. Oh. Kelly, we will, we will grant your wish in January. Yeah, hopefully uh, no more Kelly. Christmas music. Mark offers, Open Mark with a K, I would prefer to hear Christmas covers from new wave bands. There's an album called Rated Xmas that you should start with. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's a different Mark, not this one. Yeah. That's by far the best Christmas <laughs> album. I will not play it on this show. Rated Xmas? Sometimes that, uh, that Rated Xmas is a little too much even for Drew. Oh, dear. So I take it it's not new wave music. It's... No, no, it's uh, Christmas classics with a twist, right, Matt? Can't we just play the Vince right. Giraldi trio? A big twist. Yeah. We Would Brand Don have just this on his turntable? Tone it down a little bit, soothing. Uh, well, yeah. No, I mean, I have it, ML, if you want to hear oh. it. Uh, I mean, it's a family show. We'll crank it out next week. The Manson family. Or just pass out some quaaludes. Jason Opines, <laughs> I will throw my vote for new wave Christmas songs. That's something I have never heard too much of. Keep up the good work. Eric pleads. Now, you may remember... The, the, the proposition I made was new wave 
Christmas songs or we go back to new wave gems. And I, I said, I, I wanted to start with Martha and the muffins echo beach to which Eric says, please play Martha and the muffins muffins. No echo beach, please. John counters, please play echo beach. Martha and the <laughs> muffins best song. Finally, Roger checks in with this gem. Hello, I sent you an email a few days ago regarding web development service. Let me know if you're interested. We will send you our price list. So, uh, okay, Roger, don't, don't hang by the phone. Uh, Mark, any voicemails this no. week? No. Okay. So, please, we would love to hear from you, and I mean literally hear from you. You can be a part of the show by calling 313-288-9070. That's Butterfield 89070. Call, leave a message be a part of the show it's that easy uh, a couple of program notes we're still waiting to hear back from state rep karen whitson who, who said kwame <laughs> kilpatrick would be freed we'll be waiting we are still waiting for kwame kilpatrick to be freed every state has now certified their votes we're waiting for the show to end and president trump spent three million dollars in wisconsin on a recount that increased biden's victory total folks it's time to move on Wrong. it's time to come together it's time to subscribe, rate, share, ML Soul of Detroit. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I love that we wait till uh, two hours in to we can finally talk to Sean about. No, no, no. I'm doing great. He, he and, waited until uh, 45 minutes in to finally start talking. Where's Cyrus? I'm yeah. doing great. No, I want to ask you because you know the big, uh, you know Patricia, and I saw you write about Patricia. You called for him to be fired right after the Thanksgiving game, right? Wasn't that you? Oh, that was off the Thanksgiving game. Yeah. Yes, after. And I didn't actually say fired. Uh, well, I okay, change. Yeah, I kind of hate that. I mean, you, it's a tough spot in a way, right? Do you, you really, really? want to call for somebody else's job? Uh, I mean, well, who, there's who certain, are we, right? Who are we? I mean, there's plenty of jobs though. They know there's nothing more definitive. In he was in over his head for sure. Than, than wins and losses, and head coaches get paid a lot of money. So and they you don't, do. and you don't have they much do. time to perform. So I don't really feel bad for them. Well, I, yeah. So that happened Thanksgiving, and then the news broke Saturday, and I wrote the Lions column making the change that I followed the beginning of the fourth quarter from Michigan Stadium when Michigan was getting uh, handed by Penn State. But by the way, this is not a sports podcast. I'm doing okay. I'm here with Mike and my buddy Mark and uh, my boss Mike. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you more. What's going to? I thought we could be friends. I know ML doesn't care, but what happened? Hard to be friends with your with your employer, isn't it? <laughs> just, I just like to think of it as your betters. Okay. By, by the way, Sean, um, I, I really like the Sean Windsor who's emerged in recent years now calling for people's heads, but still in sort Wrong. of a Windsor-esque way. If you were the Terminator, you'd be like, uh, I, I may return. It's time to move on. Well, if people I wrote, it's time to move on, right? Yes. No, but you, you, you didn't say, uh, you're like, I don't want to say I fired him. I just think it's time to, no, fire him. Just say it. If say it. If you want to feel bad for anybody, feel bad about the support staff that doesn't make Absolutely. the money that will be blown out with this. But that leads me to Harbaugh. Is he going to be the coach of Michigan next year? I think if he wants, I think they'll run it back one more year. It's been a strange. <laughs> Is he the coach of Michigan weird this year? year? No. He's not showing an enthusiasm uh, un uh, a boundless enthusiasm known to man or whatever no, he the looks, hell is. He, no, he's he looks lost. Yeah, he's shell shocked. Take the Gatorade out of his uh, okay, cereal. Can you shut up for a second? So why do you think he'll be? <laughs> oh wait, wait. Oh, hey, hey. real quickly. Here was my lead. Cyrus, take us out. Mike, here was the lead. Go ahead. Or is it Michael? Or is it ML? God, I get confused. I'm sorry. He was the lead of the uh, Thanksgiving column. Charlie Duff. There's nothing left to see. Nothing left to say other than this. It's not working. There you go. No that's pretty. That's pretty simple. No, but you're the one a minute ago who said, "Why well, didn't call for him to be fired?" <laughs> 
Did you? I, I said I didn't use that word. Oh, sorry. Did you know? It was or maybe coming? I did. But did you know it was coming, or were you surprised on Saturday? No, I I figured it was coming after the way they lost Thursday. I figured it was coming because they did do that after Thanksgiving with uh, Mariucci, Steve yeah. Mariucci. Um, okay, so Harbaugh is he going to be the, is he going to be on the sidelines of Michigan next year? In I, your, w- I would guess so, unless he loses to Maryland this week. I don't know. They want his yeah. name, right? They <sighs> want the name. What's that, man? They want the name. They want that name until they find someone big. He brings in money. Like oh, you said I, last week. Uh, I don't ago. think that's. He did. I mean, that, that level's where it is now. He's I mean, not, he's not had a lot be... of success in a lot of different places, and I think they want to give him one more chance in a normal year to see if he can. He's got a young team. I have not heard. Well, and and they point. don't want to buy him out. That's part of the part I, of the issue. I thought I read in the free press not too long ago that he finally has the quarterback he's been waiting for, a fella named Joseph Milton. Who he did. Have, who would have typed that into a computer? Okay, great. Laugh all, laugh all you want. I'm talking about going forward. Then why would they? Why are they worried about a buyout? How much is a buyout? Nine million, something like that. Nine million for an athletic department that what brings in 155 million. It has not this year. That's had to furlough people. That's had to well, delay some folks I, off. I, once again, I don't feel bad for them because they're operating under this nonprofit ridiculous model. Yeah, but that's where not you can't even save it. the money. The way you buy out a team, a coach. Is you go to the boosters and you say, "Can you put together a pool for us?" Sure. These are the same guys. No, who that's how you do it. And, the, Nick and they Saban's might... house and. All right, so in, in your because um, I have not found anybody in the fan base that still supports them. Have you? But where are the big? Yeah, shots? I got an email from somebody today. I wrote a, a recruiting column and they they called me Eeyore and pathetic and yeah, good one. There are still people that are. Um, um, they want to give them a little bit more time. Well, we know yeah. the players. I'm have sure, it's a small percentage. We know some uh, alumni, some former players, mainly Brian Greasy, has spoke out like it's time to move on. Yeah, he said enough is enough. Have you heard more of that? There's some out there. There's some a lot of frustration. I think, I think what's confusing to people is the the lack of energy. Like he seems like a different person. Well, he's never had that though. When he when he gets shell shocked during a game, you see it on his face. Oh, no, you, you do, but the just the, yeah. and, the, and the, trouble the, with the snap and that the look team, at his face is right? Priceless. But the team doesn't play with that same kind of ferocity he did for a couple of years. So, well, he's that's good, what's confusing. He's to also people. not a good coach. He's not a good clock manager. He's never been a good clock manager. He has assistant coaches leave all the time. You take Stanford to a Rose Bowl or whatever it was, and you get uh, uh, or the Orange Bowl. I can't remember. And you get the team to a Super Bowl. You're a good coach. Oh, I well, Andrew Luck took him to the. the uh, Took Stanford. Uh, something has happened, though. They were terrible the year before he got there, and he changed it around immediately. Same with San Francisco. He took those players to the three straight title games, AFC or NFC, rather. So you expect them to be here next year? The guy knows how to coach. It's just something's off. Something's wrong. Hmm. Okay. That's it. I don't know. He could be. I want him to stay forever. He's now my favorite Michigan. I mean, who coach. knows, Mark? Who knows? But anyway, God, this show's. Uh, mm. Yeah. That's it. Ponderous. Go ponderous, ahead. man. It's ponderous. I mean, ML's itching to leave now. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Uh, well, I think we all have things to do, but before... Oh, I have to go pick up some okay. chocolate-covered chips and then mail them to uh, Nashville. Okay? I have another job to get to. So, oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, me too. Um, which reminds <laughs> me, uh, that other job is with the Red Shovel Network, which also uh, offers these other fine programs, the Charlie the Duff's No BS News Hour, No Filter Sports with Eli, Denny, and Bob, and, of course, the Jew and Mike podcast, where you will see Mark toiling on a daily basis. But it's not really toil because it's something he loves. And now it's time for us to turn to someone we love, not necessarily because we know so much about him and have a personal connection, but because he's always the guy 
who spares us from any more of this. That would be our friend Cyrus, who always answers the call to take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Hey, take your pants off. It's Swifty time today. Hmm. Please be kind to us, for we are but tiny, humble members of the soul of Detroit. I like what you got. Good job. Yeah!